Joining me today is uh, Alexei Guzé. Uh, he is a blogger, and most recently he uh, co-founded an organization called uh, New Science, uh, seeking to create uh, scientific institutions outside of the um, uh, traditional uh, academia system. Um, Alexei, um, welcome to the show. Uh, how's it going? Hey, uh, thanks for having me. I'm doing great. How are you? Good, thank you. Uh, is that would you say a, a good way of, of of describing what you do? Would, would you would you would you sort of uh, um, uh, add to that a little bit? Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't start my the description of myself with a blogger. I sort of see writing as a secondary thing, uh, as like the thing that I do and the thing that I hope is useful and interesting to people. But yeah, I've been, uh, I mean, since I finished university, I've been like thinking uh, about the structures of scientific institutions. And uh, yeah, finally, I now recently started the uh, nonprofit New Science. Uh, and uh, yeah, so, I, I, I think the way I would describe myself as probably like a, a researcher uh, or as a founder and only then as a writer and as a blogger. That makes sense. Um, I guess the, 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 the first, uh, the way that I came across your work and yeah, um, was, was kind of through, through blog and through writing and your writing um has been uh like kind of an inspiration i'd say to 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 i guess just to myself and 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 i'm sure a lot of uh you know like a lot of other people um uh are are are, are fans of it as well but that's true um like a lot of your posts go go into um i guess sort of re, um, like research directions and, 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 and this thing with, with, with new science, I think, I mean, it's fair to say that it's like, um, I guess the sort of the, 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 the biggest and most uh, ambitious project that you've, uh, you've sort of taken on um, yeah. to date. Um, but so I guess let's, let's, uh, just, just, just to kind of uh, uh, give people this um, kind of grand tour of 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 your work and and, and sort of everything that, that you've been doing. Uh, when was uh, like you talked about uh, in when you were uh, 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 in college and and, and maybe even uh, younger, um, basically being uh in a way lost and uh not not really um having too many people uh uh, uh to whom you could relate and so i guess w- what was um h- how did you i guess uh first find uh uh like find your way um out of that and and and, and started started to to meet people who share your interests and, and, and sort of to actually, you know, concretely identify uh, your interests. Um, was that was that when you joined Twitter or was that before you joined Twitter? 
uh, I think it's well difficult question. I I discovered less wrong when I was in like tenth grade, and there were a lot of people who thought similarly to how I think about things. However, I yeah like. I didn't quite identify with less wrong and don't think I ended up making any any, any friends uh, from hanging out there. And yeah, I think the first friends I made uh, who were really sharing the way I feel about life were probably, yeah, uh, 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 on Twitter. Uh, and came as a result of me starting to use Twitter actively somewhere in the middle of 2015, I think. And then, uh, yeah, and then, like, you, you you mentioned that you first became uh, aware of me as a result of my Why We Sleep piece. And, yeah, you, you, even though I prefer to be first identified by a writer uh, uh, as a researcher, uh, a founder, like the, the way most people are aware of me, of those who are aware of me is via my writing uh, and probably pieces that are not actually directly related to the thing that I'm working on. And yeah, I think most of my friends are basically, uh, they, they either know me because like we, somehow know each other from Twitter because they like read my blog or sometimes because I read their blog or read their blog and then like emailed them at some point uh, and we started talking and became friends. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny how work you do on the internet um, like almost randomly um well not 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 randomly but 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 the stuff that becomes viral is 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 usually not the stuff that you'd expect to become viral like you know i like i'm sure you felt that um you know like you 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 put so much uh effort into a particular uh post and it doesn't uh pick up that much steam and then yet you put out some uh tweet that you've thought about for five minutes and then it becomes like one of the most popular things on your timeline um yep. but so one of the one of the posts you uh wrote is about um basically making the case for twitter and um how uh people should join twitter how they would benefit from 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 joining twitter and um ever since ever since i started being active on there uh about a year ago since the pandemic i've 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 uh, felt the same way and i've basically um ever since been trying to kind of convince my my my, my friends to 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 get in on this thing as well uh so i, I guess um like what would your what would your um elevator pitch be for 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 twitter like what 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 are the um you know um if you had to make the case for 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 somebody joining what what would that be i think twitter is a unique social network uh in that 
like probably most people who you interact with on Twitter or end up interacting with are not people who you know in real life. At least not the people who you knew from real life initially. Uh, and uh, yeah, Twitter is, and this happens because you, well, maybe, maybe like start following people who you know personally or who you know of, but then like things get retweeted into your feed and you can just, because you can just reply to any tweet or follow anyone. And like, it turns out that like at the end of the day, the majority of people who you're probably, who you probably like should be friends with, you're not currently friends with. And because Twitter is like pretty good at sort of like getting you to those people, uh, and you like getting you to interact with them and to like uh, what to to become mutuals with them uh, as it's called on Twitter, where maybe you, you follow them because you find their tweets interesting, and then they check out your profile and start following you back, and then maybe over the course of months or sometimes years, you like sometimes like uh, tweets of them that you like, and you sort of build this shared understanding of how. Both, both of you think, and then maybe uh, at some point you decide to share a thought you have on a tweet of some uh, of the person you follow in their direct messages, in their DMs, as it's called on Twitter, and then you start <laughs> conversation. And then like it turns out that you like kind of known each other for a while. And then if you're in the same city, you end up meeting. And then, yeah, you, you basically have a feeling as if you've been friends with them for like a, a couple of years. And this happens often to people who hang out on Twitter. And I think this is like a very good thing that this happens because of the thing that I mentioned where the people who I just meet via college or via geographical proximity are uh, like selected for shared interests and for shared ways of thinking, much less than people who end up finding organically on Twitter. And yeah, I'm not aware of any other social network where this happens like to this extent. I guess some, something like this happens on like Twitter and maybe MMORPGs uh, where you become lifelong friends with people from your guild. Uh, but uh, yeah, to, to, I, I think, I guess this would be my pitch for Twitter. And then I think it would be <laughs> to take a very long elevator ride to <laughs> but, but maybe a space elevator. <laughs> I mean it, it it is it is very uh very unique in that way. And and, and I guess just uh the internet in general uh gives uh, a lot more people this ability to find people based on like you were saying based on interests instead of uh proximity or or uh you know what 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 school they go to um before before i joined twitter uh, i was actually kind of hoping that um my university would would serve this uh function for me where the the you know i i had this idea of of um of, of a university in mind where it's this place uh, that you go to meet like-minded people. It was like one of the uh, uh, primary reasons for, for why I, I was interested in this thing. And, and, and as it turned out, it, it, in my case, um, 
while I did meet some uh, just like amazing people there, uh, overall it didn't turn out to be this 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 place where um, it's just this you know um, kind of meeting of of of, of uh, 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 like minded people. Um, so that, that that's that's like to me that I I I, I find that very um, just, just very interesting because I I'm, I feel like um, well before um, maybe if we go back uh, like a hundred years or something um, it's it's you, you certainly had uh, people connecting over uh, uh, interests but it it. It seemed like if you, th- that kind of uh, life was only available to you if you were uh, relatively well known, because it's like if you're if you're relatively well known, uh, then you um, you'd be able to basically like hang out with um, all of the other uh, like relatively like well known people in in your uh, city or, or 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 state or country or whatever, right? And and in that way, uh, since since everybody um that that had a little bit of fame were, were were visible you could do this kind of um you know sort of uh outreach and 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 you could pick out who who you would uh want to talk to right but 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 since most people um were kind of invisible to the world um i think i like I think that 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 kind of mode of of getting to know people was was only available to to a very small small percentage. Um, I don't know if like if 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 you've kind of thought about it in those terms at all, um, but that's yeah I don't know I like I just I guess I just find that kind of interesting. Um, but the the the, the um. I guess the, the the other thing that this this kind of ties into is is just this um, uh, whole idea of uh, a kind of a recurring theme in 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 the, in the stuff that you write is 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 is, is just like how to uh, make friends, for example, and like one of the one of the um, I guess uh, pieces of advice that, that you give is 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 basically um, how to uh, do uh, uh, like outreach to people and how 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 he should generally be more 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 uh, I I guess uh, um, aggressive when it comes to uh, just uh, cold emailing people uh, cold messaging people. Um, can you elaborate on that and 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 sort of like explain how 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 one would do this? Why wouldn't one would do this? Right. Uh... Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess I kind of uh, illustrated how this happens naturally on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I guess like cold emails specifically, people underappreciate the fact that you can, turns out that you can email pretty much anyone. And like nobody guarantees that they're going to respond. But it turns out that if, you email like 10 people maybe uh, who you think are interesting like email them like not in, in not not send them like a spam email that you just copy to 10 people but 
like if you find the work of someone interesting and you write a thoughtful email to them uh, and maybe share for uh, share something of your work or uh, ask uh, them a question about their work perhaps or I guess like in general try to send them an email that they will find interesting and then do this for like 10 people uh, uh, at least a couple will probably reply and then uh, they might turn into uh, uh, this email might turn into a conversation and then if it turns into a conversation then uh, you can basically then like continue the conversation indefinitely or start another conversation and sort of just become friends with people or get to know people or uh, maybe propose to have a zoom call uh, and uh, yeah talk talk to the person uh, and I feel like I sent like still send a lot of cold emails and they are still very valuable like i try to talk to scientists a lot and often i find a scientist's work interesting and i let them know about it and i explain what i do and i ask them if they'd be interested in talking to me uh, about their work and about the work that i do about my thinking about the uh, structures of scientific institutions and it turns out that like some fraction of them are interested in my work and uh, would like to talk to me, essentially. And with some fraction of people I talk to, it turns out that uh, we enjoy talking a lot and we sort of continue talking and uh, sometimes become friends. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like the 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 yeah like doing this is pretty underappreciated like the, the fact that you can just email people who you think are interesting and try to talk to them why do you think that most people don't don't do that um do they just not well like i guess um do you think it's just the thought that that well these people are very busy they're probably not going to get back to yeah, me yeah I think there are a couple of reasons. First of all, it's just a very unnatural thing to do. I think to like send an email to someone you don't know. It's yeah, I don't know. it seems like like if you never done this, it just feels kind of weird to even try to do this. Like why? Like it's kind of rude even perhaps to like why would I send an email to a person? Like you would not call on a phone a person who you never talked to, right? Uh, that would be just like creepy and uh, yeah I think it's easy to feel this way about email even though like if you think about this for a few seconds like you would like personally would probably be happy to like receive an email from someone you don't know that they enjoy your work or that they're interested in the things that you do uh, but yeah I, I do feel that this is a real barrier then yeah there's the feeling that i know i definitely had the feeling uh when i was younger that uh, i guess people whose work i enjoy must be busy and they must not have the time to reply to my emails 
and to talk to me. And like, sometimes it's true. Sometimes that's not true. If you email Jeff Bezos, he will probably not reply. Uh, but, but it's kind of surprising that, you know, even people who one would think, uh, are famous, like check their email and, uh, well, if they're inundated with email, they might like check it once a day and like randomly click on whatever pops up on their screen. But like sometimes they randomly click on your email or maybe on the like email and like you know, you can increase your chances of that happening by sending a couple of follow-ups. But it turns out that like most people just like read their email. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And are willing to talk to people who seem interesting. Uh, so this is another thing Then I think like the, I sort of got conditioned to the fact that, uh, people don't reply to cold emails and uh, I am like, I, I no longer, well, I guess I feel it a little bit, uh, but I like when you first start, like s- send a cold email, you're like, you feel really, really anxious about it. You're like, well, what if they don't reply? And, uh, and then they don't, re- and maybe like they don't, indeed don't reply. And uh, because like at the end of the day, like people will not reply to most of your cold emails because like you will probably not seem interesting to most people who you think are interesting. Uh, that's, uh, I, I guess, a pretty sad fact, but this is like the case for me, I think. Uh, and for people who I try to talk to. But yeah, I, I, like at the end of the day, it does just require like making sure you're like, overcome, uh, uh, it definitely was for me that I had to overcome a lot of anxiety to just like press the send button to, and like to face this risk of maybe the person like never replies to you and then you feel terrible. Uh, yeah, I think this is probably like one of the things that like stops people the most, uh, yeah, so this is the three reasons. I think I had something else, but I'm forgetting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think like at the end of the day, there are like a lot of like this, like barriers, psychological barriers, that make it like naturally difficult to send cold emails, and so most people just don't do that, or don't do that as often as they should. Yeah, it's like we make certain assumptions about uh, life and the way that the world works, and we put artificial barriers on ourselves about what, you know, we can or can't do, what what seems like, you know, realistic or normal. If a lot of people are doing it, then it probably works. If nobody's doing it, I, I think it's very easy to get into this um, frame of mind. Or if you haven't heard of anyone doing something that it, like, there must be a good reason for it. And I mean, sometimes there is, but but that but that's not something that I think you should rely on too much. Um, <laughs> in the case of uh, well, just like when you were talking about most people uh, uh, checking their emails and, and and replying to their emails, um, I have like heard uh, you know uh, like a, this particular um, uh, anecdote that, for example, uh, Noam Chomsky uh, replies to I think like most of the emails that, that, that he gets. So if you send an email to Noam Chomsky, you'll probably get a response. Um, and you know, it, it, it's like pe- people, people, pe- 
like emailing Noam, Ch Noam Chomsky is not something that people just kind of think about on the regular, but that's something you could totally do. Um, yeah. <laughs> I once emailed a Nobel. I was writing my bachelor's thesis uh, in economics and I was like looking for a reference or like I couldn't find a paper and I emailed uh, like Nobel laureate in economics asking him for a paper and he just like pointed and like he like replied a few minutes later and was like here's the paper like that it wasn't available public or like it was difficult to find public but he just replied mm -hmm. and it was helpful and yeah it turns out you can just do that yeah 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 well it's but it also kind of ties into i guess just this general um approach to life where you just assume that um like it's 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 kind of a more 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 active approach to life where you can just just like um assume that that sort of life is this malleable thing and that you can you can kind of act on it and you can change it i mean there's that famous uh steve jobs quote that touches on 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 a lot of the yep. these kinds of things and i find that that that's that's you know um like that that's 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 a good heuristic like whether or not that's that's true in all cases it's 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 probably better to 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 approach it with 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 a with a kind of perspective that will actually um you know if if you if you pursue something then then sort of you can get it um if, if you if, if you you know want to talk to, to to a particular person for example um you should just go out and try to talk to them right um but yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and so I, I guess the, the, the um, the other thing, um, well, it's, it's, it's one thing to, to kind of, uh, find, um, friends and find this community of people who share your interests and it's kind of this tribe, I guess. Uh, but it's another to, to actually figure out, uh, what your, uh, interests are and like what, what, what is it that you want to dedicate a large portion of your life to? Uh, so the the other thing that I was curious about was like how, uh, what what the process of that was like. How how did you? Um, yeah, just just I guess um, like tell me the story of of of, of how. Um, like how you searched for for the thing that you're passionate about and, and and kind of like what what yeah um like how did you look for your interests how did you um how did you approach that what did you learn along the way right uh, yeah i guess that's uh uh also a difficult question uh i I think I, like, at the most fundamental level, I just, I feel like I spent a lot of years trying to figure, like, trying very hard to figure out what I really want to do. And uh, it started with me, like, uh, yeah, I think back in high school, I wanted to be, like, a physicist uh, and do physical cosmology and they wanted to study at Caltech 
and then I realized at some point that I'm not getting into Caltech because my I have like no impressive extracurriculars, curriculars, extracurriculars. And, <laughs> well, uh, uh, and I'm not. I'm definitely not winning any speaking competitions, uh, and I was not definitely winning any speaking competitions. But yeah, and also I had very low GPA, and then I, I think I like decided that well, maybe I should do software engineering, and uh, then I ended up. Uh, and I went, decided that I should study math at the university, and then I didn't get into the program that I wanted to get into at Moscow State University, uh, uh, be, because it was like depressed in high school and uh, spent most of my time playing video games, and then like basically accidentally ended up studying economics and entering the program in economics, uh, and then I decided that became okay, like I started to get interested in economics and uh, spent spent a while actually tr trying to get jobs in like banks and in, in consulting and ended up not getting a single internship and in a bank or in consulting which is pretty funny uh, and uh, at some point uh, it, 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 you look like you have a question no, I was just curious, like, um, how, so, how, like, how does one, um, <laughs> uh, I guess, like, accidentally get into uh, economics? Um, right. Was oh, it, yes. Was it, was it, was it, was it like, a, a, you just trying out random things? Um... Yeah. Okay, so, so what happened <laughs> was that at the end of high school, I was, like, really depressed. And, and, like, at some point in my final year of high school, I literally stopped going to school. I just decided that mm. it's just like no point. And I just like spent, I think a couple of months just like playing video games, like not going to school, like refusing to like talk to my parents about this. And at some point they got a call from me, like the school principal and the school principal told my parents that they're not going to uh, let me take the state exams uh require uh, like required the, the to enter university at the end of high school and then like my parents and I, remember, I think like i agreed to like go to high school and read books there and not really do anything uh and yeah so i did that and i did pretty poorly on my state exams as a result and then i was like not feeling again like not 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 feeling like there's any point in life and I thought that well I was 16 at the time and I thought that I did not enter Caltech I uh, did not do Might as well just give impressive. up at that point <laughs> I, I did not yeah I did not do anything impressive in my life and that I uh, did not study math in high school I did not learn how to code in, uh, in high school and yeah basically felt that I like th that's it the, the, my, my life has peaked uh, and that uh, there, there is like no point in doing anything. And basically, like, did not want to enter university. And my plan was to just like continue playing video games indefinitely. And <laughs> what happened was that my mom just like kept nagging me about like applying to university. And at some point, I, I, I decided to I think just like play a, a joke on her or something. And I figure, okay, like I told her, okay, I'm going to apply to like exactly one university. 
and I decided to apply to the university, which I was like pretty sure does not actually want me because this is like one of the best universities in Moscow. And I thought that yeah, like they, they def definitely do not want someone with my test scores. And then I like started exploring their programs and it turned out that they had like one program in economics that had exactly like the cutoff for test scores at exactly the uh, like the number of points that I got at like 230 out of 300. And uh, I just like decided, okay, why not? Uh, and uh, ended up signing up for it. And uh, yeah, it ended up, yeah. And then in Russia, because like in the US you like enter the university and then you take whatever courses and then declare your major like the second or your third year. And in Russia, you enter one specific program, and uh, so entered the program economics, uh, basically. That, that's how I ended up accidentally studying economics. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then it turned out that economics was okay, and it was like, uh, I guess, uh, the the amount of math I was studying was basically the amount I actually wanted to study, as I realized. And I was, I think, in retrospect, I was very lucky that I did not enter the math uh, program at Moscow State University because I probably would have been kicked out because I think they're like, from talking to people who actually went there around the same time that I did, like the atmosphere at Moscow State University is just like way worse than the, the university that I ended up going to, the higher school of economics. And it's really competitive for um it's like more so like higher school of economics is a new university it was founded and like right after the dissolution of uh, ussr it was intended to be different and moscow state like this oldest university in russia hmm. and their like mathematics faculty especially is my understanding is that they're very conservative and you don't get a lot of choice in what you do and you just like spend a lot of time doing like ridiculous shit like you know integrating really really hard integrals and solving like differential equations that are like pointless but they that like are intended to harden you or something and also yeah i don't know i think i like don't like math enough to uh to 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 like spend four years just doing like doing really complex mathematics and I like I'm bad at forcing myself to do things that I'm not very interested in, which actually resulted in me like almost failing to graduate from my program. Like I, I ended up like being very, like I, I was, I, <laughs> I think I was like so surprised by the fact that I actually like entered the university that I entered, that I uh, ended up mm, yeah, getting pretty excited uh, for university, actually. And I finished my first year having very good grades. And then I became like progressively less interested in economics. And my, uh, uh, <laughs> and like my, in my final year, uh, in my first year, I ended up getting, after my first year, I ended up getting, if I remember correctly, like, 75% like merit-based discount on the cost of education. And mm. for my last year, I almost like completely lost it. And like, actually at the end of my last year, I failed 
a couple of like, exams and like at some point I thought that I would not get uh, a diploma uh, and then it turned out that like I, I ended up guessing it but like just barely uh, and it was uh, yeah pretty funny that's but, yeah that, that that's that's um that's a story that's like very familiar like familiar to me as as as, as somebody who's gone through that well i guess majority of that university system where you like you look at all the first years that come into the university and uh they're all super excited to be there uh you know they they like they're gonna go on and and and, and sort of they're they're like enthusiastic to study all this stuff and then by the time you get to uh fourth year you just like look at people and 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 that sort of shine in their eyes is is is, is for the most part gone and uh they're all just burnt out <laughs> which yeah. yeah i guess just is yeah, the my, way of things in my program uh like i think most most people i knew were like just working full time in their final year of university mm. basically they and they were going to the university just like uh they were like just trying to get the diploma and did, like did not care at all about it and they were like working in consulting or in finance or like starting their own businesses already uh, yeah <laughs> uh but i think i get distracted from the question of how i arrived at the thing that i'm doing now and uh, yeah, so like I ended, I ended up studying economics and economics was fairly interesting for some time, uh, but uh, yeah, so I guess I, what happened was that in my first year, I actually realized that maybe what I should do is I should try to become the uh, minister of the economic development of Russia or something like that. And that I should like, try to really like figure out how to make the economic policy of Russia better uh, and hopefully to like help a lot of people in this way and to help like progress uh, and well-being uh, and uh, I ended up cold emailing uh, an organization that did analysis like economic economic analysis mostly for the Russian government and uh, getting an internship there in my second year of university, which was uh, pretty interesting. And then I ended up actually interning in the Russian government after my second year of university uh, and also like doing uh, economics related stuff. And that uh, was not fun at all. And after I actually interned in the Russian government, I. I think it was uh, it was a really weird experience. The people who I worked with were actually like smart and motivated and like tried to do something. And uh, at the same time, it seemed that like the organization at large is just like really bad at doing things that make sense. Or, and that you basically don't get rewarded for doing the right thing and that uh, yeah uh, it it was 
uh, a very diff difficult experience to, to to witness it from the inside and I, I feel like the realization that i got was that yeah i'll probably like the the odds of me advancing through the ranks like conditional of me like working hard, hard and trying to do things that would make sense uh, are not that good and that uh, it would just be really really difficult thing to do and also actually around the same time uh, uh, the Russian Minister of Economic Development was uh, getting uh, accused of corruption and he had a criminal investigation open into him uh, by like a Russian state-owned oil company and like the impression that I got was that also I don't know what really happened like I guess nobody knows but uh, well, the impression that I got was that he was actually trying to do something good and he was like trying to prevent corruption but then like he ended up getting accused of corruption because like this is what can happen to you in Russia when we try to prevent corruption from happening <laughs> and like this was definitely not very encouraging to me uh, when uh, I, I, I was thinking about like uh, whether I, I should like try to uh, uh, land into that role uh, and and like probably it doesn't seem very like, good for your health about to be corruption uh, as well. the uh, economic minister you're just saying like doesn't seem to be very good for your health to be the uh, economic minister of Russia or yeah or and in the same way that it doesn't uh, it, it's not very good for your health to be like a billionaire in china like it's not very good to for your health to like, try to fight corruption in russia basically pretty much pretty much yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so i i the, yeah so that was a pretty bad experience and basically after that internship i decided that yeah like i don't want to work for for for, for the government of russia and i basically like decided i don't want to stay in russia at all and i became like sort of very pessimistic like things like becoming better in russia because it seemed that there is this like goliath that uh like the goliath of the government but also i, I don't know like the, the entire thing basically seemed like Mm. it kind of seemed impossible to really change the long-term trajectory mm. also around the same time i guess i was like reading quite a lot of economic history and like one of the things in economic history mm, uh, you notice is that the countries sort of have like their long-term trajectories of growth and development and like some countries like european countries for example like if you look at them like 2000 years ago they were like ahead and they were like in the middle ages like even though they can see like even like in the dark ages like europe was still kind of ahead and then like 500 years ago europe was still ahead and like today europe is still ahead and the same for like the united states they were like pretty much since their founding were like ahead and then you look at other countries and they're like basically as far back as you go they were not ahead they were like trying to catch up and like sometimes catching up for brief periods of time but then like uh failing to sustain that and uh i feel like this has been like the case for russia where there have been like there were a lot of really smart people who tried to change the long-term trajectory of russia 
like when I was reading the history of Russia, I was like surprised at how like smart like the Russian like a lot of Russian emperors, for example, seemed like they seemed extremely sensible, and they were like these like people who were like, yeah, Russia seems to have like problem with corruption and with like lack of economic development, and like we should do something about that, and like they were like sensible in even the way they tried to go about it. And this is like the case for like, I think, starting from, uh, starting from probably from Peter the Great in 18th century, where he was the first person who tried to westernize Russia, like he kind of did it. And then there was Catherine the second, and then I think Alexander the first and Alexander the second. And I'm probably forgetting other people who seemed pretty sensible. Well, I, I don't know how sensible Peter the Great is. Well, he, he was not super sensible. But like Alexander <laughs> the First and Alexander the Second in particular seemed like very sensible. And like Alexander the Second actually like ended up, he abolished the, uh, uh, the I'm forgetting what it's called. But like the the Russian analog of slavery, where uh, the peasants they they were not formally owned by anyone, but like they couldn't freely like change where they worked, uh, and like he like gave them basically a, a lot of freedom, and he like tried to liberalize a lot of things, and mm-hmm. he was like actually like was trying to create the first Russian constitution in the middle of nineteenth century. And he like ended up killed by terrorists because they were like, like the reasoning like was literally wait like this emperor is trying to do good things we should kill him as quick as we can because then people <laughs> will realize that emperors are not actually really that bad, and he ended up getting killed like I think like two days before he was going to sign the first Russian constitution, basically. Yeah. So yeah, and then. Yeah, so I think at the end of the day, sort of became pessimistic on trying to change the long-term trajectory of a country uh, in in this way, yeah, like, and it does seem that I don't know. So right now I'm thinking about the about science, for example, and like I want to create better scientific institutions, and it does seem that like I can create or help to create better institutions of science that will cause more good science to happen and that will like speed things up uh, in a good direction somewhat uh, and maybe it will have some sort of a long-term effect but when thinking about uh, yeah but when thinking about Russia I uh, and specifically, like changing the economy of Russia, basically, yeah, it did not really seem to make sense. What uh, makes you think that um, you can have a bigger impact on uh, the structures of science and uh, improving um, the institutions around science than you can with with something like economics? Um, uh, yeah, good question. Uh, In some ways, for, for someone uh, looking at these things from the outside, they might seem like 
both like these very big kind of um you know um like problems that you can't can't really sort of right i think i i think the difference here is that I sort of stopped, actually I st- sort of stopped reasoning about the thing that I do in a way that like it will have this long-term effects on some like global trajectory of stuff. Uh, because uh, like the, the thing that motivates me to, to work on science and to work on the institutions of science, I feel like uh, in a big way it is like kind of selfishly driven. Like, I, I feel like, well, first of all, I'm actually a lot more interested in science than I'm interested in economics. And I, like, I, I, I enjoy thinking about science and I enjoy learning about science a lot more. And I spent a lot more, well, I guess I wanted to be a physicist uh, when I was, like, in high school. And... Like science is just like inherently more interesting to me, and I there. But also, the other part of it is that, like, so so I'm focused on biology specifically, and I want to, like, help to create more good biology research. And here I, I think it that, like, it would be good for the world. Uh, even if it will not change like the long-term trajectory of humanity, it will like make things happen uh, faster or uh, somewhat. But also, like I'm, if I'm thinking about myself, I'm like aging, and I do not like to do not want to age that much. And even if uh, and like I want to. Like do like to to see us like do cool shit with biology that we're probably going to be able to do at some point in the future, and if when if my work does not end up changing the like trajectory of humanity critically, maybe it will cause like some cool shit happen with science and with biology like ten or twenty years earlier, and I will. I personally witness it and I will personally benefit from it. And uh, I, I, I think this was not the case with like working on uh, working on economic development. But the other thing is that in, in the case of Russia is like yeah, it basically, like, literally did not seem like I can get into a high enough position to be, to even, like, mean, to meaningfully change, affect even, like, the short-term dynamics of things, to be honest. Like, I see people in fairly high positions in power in Russia, and they, like, actually don't really have any power. Like, there is, like, the, what's called the president of Russia, uh, but, and, like, he has a lot of power, and he can just, like, go and fuck shit up and mm. you'll like spend most of your time just like unfucking shit and you'll probably fail because he'll just be uh, like uh, and he and maybe 
other like people like top people in the government will like be fucking shit up faster than uh, you're going to be able to unfuck them. And also, like the Russian state is <laughs> well, like it's like not a very benevolent state <laughs> on earth. Let's put it that way. And it's like again from the I don't know from like the ethical point of view, I guess, like there is an argument to be made for working from within a system that's not benevolent and like trying to make it more benevolent, but it's not a thing that I personally would want to do, I feel like. And yeah. And because like, for example, uh, I guess I, I I gave the example of this like dude who got accused of corruption, where it's it seemed that he was like trying to actually decrease the amount of corruption, and I like in the sense again like the thing that I'm doing right now is very different in in the sense that I'm starting nonprofit and I'm starting nonprofit in the U.S. and like nobody like the person who will be able to stop me is my self is like if i do stuff wrong i'm like going to fail but like there is not going to be like a government that will try to stamp on me and to just destroy whatever i'm working on and there at the end of the day like i'm in like yeah it will depend on me whether like the thing that I do fails or succeeds. And uh, it does seem to me that, well, if I try very hard and try to think about things very well, there is a meaningful chance that uh, I'm going to do something interesting with my nonprofit. Yeah, and that's, 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 I think, a very crucial distinction is um, whether you choose to, uh, whenever you, um, want to uh, uh, improve a system, uh, whether you choose to work uh, from inside the system or from outside the system. And it seems that at least with everything that I've seen, it's, it, 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 it's, it's, it's often much easier to um, work outside the system and, and, and try to come up with an improvement that way. Um, yeah. Like for example, if, if, you know, it's 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 easier to create a startup and to scale um, a startup um, uh, than to go into some kind of bureaucratic um, organization and try to reform it uh, and get it up to the quality of like an equivalent startup, right? Or right. Same with yeah. Um, academia. Yeah, like for- like like I'm sure if you went into kind of like U.S. academia and and and, and try to actually uh, you know uh, change the structures of science from within it, uh, it would have been a much harder harder task. Yeah, right. And this is basically like exactly what happened to me was that I, yeah, so like I realized that, uh, yeah, I don't want to do anything to do with Russia, basically. And I decided that I want to basically like leave as soon as I can and like not think about Russia. And uh, 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 that seems like a very radical uh, uh, decision. That must have been a very, uh, like I guess intense experience for you, like working yeah. at, at the um... yeah, it, it was it was I was like extreme I, I was like really really inspired to do something good in Russia, and to try to like, yeah, uh, and it was 
pretty difficult to realize that, yeah, I probably not much I can do and that I probably should like not try to do that. And um, yeah, I know, but now I feel good about that. I, <laughs> I think it sort of stopped thinking about, I mean, I was born in Russia and, but I think I stopped thinking about Russia as my country, basically. I now think, as, well, I'm, I think about myself as a Russian, but I no longer feel like, I think I no longer feel responsibility for the country, basically. And I no longer feel that I should try to do something about it. And I sort of accepted that, yeah, Russia is probably just going to be like this, like, kind of sh like so, sort of shitty state with uh, that's like going to do shitty things to the rest of the world and that's going to be shitty to its citizens and that uh, there's yeah that's probably just like how it's going to be and I think yeah basically accepted that uh, and then on the other hand well the, the United States uh, seem to me as uh, a Russian like the land of opportunity, and <laughs> uh, which is kind of cheesy, but I, I don't think that people who live in the U.S. underappreciate just like just how true that is for people from the outside of the U.S. Like just how functional the like I feel like Americans like my friends like to talk about like how dysfunctional things in the U.S. are, but like. They, they have not seen the rest of the world <laughs> like they they, they, they they have not lived in other countries to realize just like just how incredible like the rule of the law is in the US that there really is like the like you can basically do things and not be afraid that they're going to be randomly destroyed by like the state or just some like random powers and that uh yeah <laughs> but anyways that's certainly so, very helpful when you're when you're trying to i i mean like i i i can think of a, of a few cases where where if you try to do something in the states it it it, it, it might get destroyed but certainly um the um those things kind of exist on the margins and uh, most of the space is kind of wide open. Whereas I'd imagine in a place like Russia, um, there's maybe like a tiny space that's wide open and, but yeah. anything that yeah, I mean, anything I'm, related yeah. to the government is yeah, like I'm, I'm, off limits. Yeah. Basically like I, 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 I'm not trying to idealize the United States and like there do definitely seem cases where like uh, it's, like some institutions do work, uh, do not work very well, but comparatively it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm like optimistic on the US. I think I'm optimistic on Israel and yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. This is like the two countries in the world that I'm optimistic on. Uh, and like, uh, I'm pessimistic on Russia, uh, and yeah. Just to go on a bit of a, a tangent, because like what what you're talking about with 
Russia, um, I mean, like I can relate to that quite a bit because I'm basically, um, I guess, in the same boat when it comes to the way that I think about Russia, um, where, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of torn because on the one hand, um, I like Russian culture a lot and, 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 and I think, uh, you know, like Russian culture has produced a lot of great art and, uh, the, uh, um, just the whole sort of like the Russian vibe to me feels a lot closer to home than, uh, the, the Western vibe in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Like there's a kind of, um, uh, like, people don't like to, 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 to me, it feels like people are more, um, authentic, uh, in, in Russian culture in a way, because it's like when somebody, when somebody, uh, uh, smiles, for example, you know, that, um, the smile is, is kind of like, um, because they're actually happy. Whereas for example, um, in, 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 in the West, it's, it's more of a, Kind of like like everybody smiles at everybody and so you're um and everybody's polite to everybody and so that's on, on the one hand that's nice on the surface level but but you kind of get into this um you know uh, situations like well did, is, is this person really happy is like 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 you know and 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 so so i guess that there there are things like this where um that that make me um actually appreciate russian culture a lot but like you mentioned um i don't care for the russian government and i don't really see any um like even you know um if you look at uh for example uh the soviet union um at least there 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 was um this kind of uh competition between the soviet union and the states and that actually led to a lot of uh pretty interesting innovation to come out of the soviet union at least in terms of like you know uh the hard sciences right but now it doesn't even seem like that's really the case. Like no, nobody's dying to go to Russia to um, work on engineering. Right. And so, and in addition to that, you have this uh, kind of uh, corrupt uh, government. And so I, yeah, I, I I guess I I wonder, I wonder if, um, and, and like, if, if, if if I was in Russia today, I'd, I'd I'd probably do the exact same thing that, that, that you're doing and just like move out you know, and, 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 and try to make a life, uh, uh, elsewhere. So I, like, like, I wonder, but I wonder if Russian, uh, culture can sort of survive outside of Russia. Like, I feel, I, I feel like you need a sort of a, a country to be there that sort of keeps the culture or, or, or is like the, the sort of the, the home for the culture and, 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 and I don't know necessarily if, if, if um, Russia in its current state is able to be that. Have you thought about that at all? I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Good question. I is it just, uh, yeah, I guess I do like in, in this feel like people do tell me that and I, I, I do feel Russian and <laughs> People tell me that I like think like a Russian. I think in this, you know, there is this like classically Russian con- conception of a tragedy, of like the life as a tragedy, which mm-hmm. I vibe with a lot, <laughs> and which I think like is yeah. 
yeah, like you know, this the I think this is sort of the Dostoevskian ideas, which influenced me a lot, and also like I listened to a lot of Russian. Well, I don't really listen to old to new Russian music. I think. But I do listen to a lot of like Russian music from like uh, late two thousands and like early two thousand and tens when I was a teenager, <laughs> and uh, it's uh, like deeply, deeply influential for me. And I do not know whether like my children will get any of that, uh, and I'm kind of sad about that where like I will probably not be able to share like my favorite Russian songs with them and I like will probably not understand them uh in like why I like them that much. Uh and also of course like if I'm going to be in the US then like it's probably going to be difficult to teach children Russian. Or like you, you because like even if you talk speak Russian in at home, but then like, that's still probably not enough practice to like actually learn Russian well. And uh, if kind of said that uh, my children probably not be able to like read Dostoevsky in Russian, for example, uh, because it, it does feel like it's been important for me. Uh, and yeah, like then there is no, fewer people who can create Russian culture and who can like move it forward uh, and then like uh, the same yeah so so yes it is like does seem very difficult and there's it's a very pessimistic um sort of look right now yeah, to like it, just like like how things are how things are looking like yeah for, for it, the culture it is I, I do feel sad about that but I'm, I'm i'm not sure whether i would say it's pessimistic because like i i was born in russia and like i lived all my life in russia except for like the last two months <laughs> but uh uh i at this so i feel very deep like nostalgia for this stuff and at the same time like you know, people who are born in the u.s like they're not going to like do russian culture they're going to create but they're going to create some new culture and they're going to create some new cultural artifacts and like they're going to be in english but in the united states there is I think such an incredible variety of like cultures and subcultures and there is such yeah I, I don't know I, I sort of don't like I guess like even if the Russian culture becomes poorer I don't know whether in some global sense of even like the number of distinct cultures whether it will decrease or whether like the 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 thing that would have been Russian culture would not be like substituted like whether some other things that is as interesting or maybe more interesting will not get created instead uh, and maybe it's actually good uh, uh, yeah yeah that 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 makes sense I mean 
um, you have, uh, for example, dead languages that nobody speaks anymore. You have uh, species of animal uh, that are extinct. Uh, and so it, to, to some extent, I, I mean, like nothing lasts forever. But I guess at the same time, it's, 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 it's hard not to, um, yeah, feel like, uh, I guess, nostalgic and, and, and melancholic um, about that. And yeah. yeah, it seems like if you're in Russia right now, I mean, like the best thing you can do is just like wait for, you know, like the next regime or something, which, yeah, like who knows what, although, like, when, when, when that would happen. Yeah, although my, I guess my, my take is that like the current regime is bad uh, and then like the next regime is honestly, I, I think it's like that it's going to be massively better. Uh, and this is going to. If you look at the trend, uh, it's 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 certainly not not been uh, you know great yeah. for the past. You know. Yeah. So I basically decided after my uh, after this internship, after my second year of university, I decided that I don't want to do anything with Russia. And the next step was that I decided, well, maybe I should like work on global economic development, and maybe I should go work at like. The World Bank, uh, for example, and figure out how to help developing countries uh, develop, and then like also like it it actually did not it did not last that long because it, it, again like the economic history thing, but the long term trajectories, and it was basically like yeah, it doesn't seem that the long term trajectories are probably going to be affected here as well. Uh, and like there is no reason for why this would be different from Russia really and that uh, I might be able to do something good uh, in the short term but then again like there's this thing about like in Russia if you really want like if you really want to improve the institutions of Russia you have to like sort of work with the government and then with the global development it also seemed to me at the time that you sort of have to like work at this like big international organization and uh, that like promotes global development and you just yeah basically did not seem to be like a, a much better opportunity than like working for the government of Russia because they also I think like seemed like very ineffective and uh, not clear how benevolent and also I uh, re read that book called uh, Backstabbing for Beginners uh, around the time that I was uh, thinking about that it was written by a dude who worked I think at the United Nations on like some project related to like helping the economics of Iraq, I think. And he just like, again, he, he like went there very idealistic and then came out a couple of years later, like having seen just like incredible amounts of corruption, just like terrible things and like got completely disillusioned. And I think that affected me quite a bit. Yeah. And yeah, so I basically stopped thinking about <laughs> global economic development as well. Because it seemed that there's like not much you can do there, and then I was like thinking for a while about like mechanism design and stuff. Because I figured, well, like there are like poor structures and poor incentives in these organizations. Maybe like we should 
do better mechanism design and develop better structures and incentives for stuff. And then it also, yeah, I feel, I feel like I basically became convinced that like politics matters much more than uh, I guess economics and that like you can come up with any like mechanism, incentive structure, like mechanism as an economist and like politicians and then they will decide like what to actually do and they will probably just pick whatever thing justifies whatever they already believe the best uh, so you sort of get disillusioned disillusioned with that and then so that's my third year of university so, so yeah in theory, I... like in theory if you wanted to uh improve uh economics uh then you would really just go into politics and you would try to become a good politician instead of a good economist um, or I guess I like guess, just, just, just although you probably like don't want issue. to just although you probably don't want to go like straight into politics because like if you don't know any economics you might end up just like do like a, a, suggesting like trying to push some like policies that will end up being bad and like it's actually like really difficult to yeah. figure out yeah. which policies are good and bad. Um, but yeah no fair fair fair, fair enough um so but then yeah. i guess what so so um and that swayed you from uh going into uh economics and from just going into any sort of uh, global uh, kind of policy making or trying to do policy making for for countries um so then like i guess yeah what 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 did you try um, after that, or or, or like ha, ha, so? Um, how did you come across uh, uh, science and, and I guess the, the 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 life sciences? Yeah, yeah. So so after after that, I basically like I, I did not want to become like because I'm Russian, I can like only really become like a politician in Russia, right? Or you can like represent Russia on like an international arena and i did not want to want to do any of that uh because i like did not want to get associated with russia really in any way uh, anymore and so like doing like policy or politics was kind of out of the question and uh, i think what happened was that i decided that yeah like i basically stopped thinking about economics and global development and uh, the thing that I started thinking about then uh, uh, in, in, I think in my sec second half of my third year in the university was like artificial intelligence because I've like sort of been always interested in artificial intelligence and like in intelligence and like question of how intelligence works. Uh, and uh, I, I, I had a, a thing where I don't remember it was present at the time. I feel, I feel like it was barely, but I think I like wanted to like solve StarCraft two for a long time, uh, and like write a program that would like play it perfectly. Yeah, I, I actually remember writing that down as the thing that I wanted to do uh, at the time. Uh, and yes, yeah, so I figured okay, I should make maybe maybe the thing that I should do is actually just like become an AI researcher and try to like help develop AGI uh, or something like that. But like the, as the first step, like try to solve StarCraft 2. And uh, yes, yeah, so I started learning machine learning and I uh, started learning TensorFlow. And basically it like 
did not go that well. I uh, was not, yeah, I think like I, I was not very good at that. And also I, I think like part of it was like, yeah, parts of it were stupid, parts of it were not. But I think also like I'm just in general bad at like learning things on my own. I like get stuck all the time. And like when I read the technical, like in a university, uh, when I said it, like, yeah, any like hard subject, basically, I had to attend office hours, basically, because otherwise I, I just got lost. Uh, and uh, like when I'm reading a textbook, I have like 10 questions per page because I like, you know, I'm reading a thing and I get like a model in my mind of how things work build up and like often like this model is like not correct and they have like 10 like predictions about how things should work and like, they're like never answered in, in the textbook and they're never answered in the lecture itself so i have to basically go to the office hours and like talk to someone who'd be able to teach me and when i was learning like tensorflow i basically like, did not know any friends who i could go and like just ask whatever stupid or not stupid questions that I had. And that made studying very difficult for me. Uh, so I know in, in retrospect, this seems like a stupid reason because I feel like there should have been a way to like uh, avoid that and like figure out how to study machine learning properly uh, and like deep learning properly. Uh, but yeah, I guess at the time I like was not able to figure that out. But also, uh, I like sort of it just kind of felt wrong, like to me, though in in that like I wanted to study like how intelligence works and like sort of, like to I wanted to figure out how to create artificial intelligence, and machine learning was basically and i just felt stupid it felt like i'm just like minimizing some like stupid cost function or like support vector machines just like well you figured out like a, a model and then you like optimize the model and in like the the things that I, like even deep learning it basically you did, did not really any, see any path like i I don't know whether that was stupid or not, but like I obviously I didn't have any like real expertise in deep learning or in machine learning, but it just like didn't feel like the thing that would lead us to artificial intelligence. Uh, so like I figured that okay, probably then I should just like study neuroscience and study how the brain works and uh, follow the path of deep mind where like. Uh, and, and try to build a neuroscience-inspired artificial intelligence. Uh, yeah, so I started learning neuroscience. I think that's like beginning of my fourth year of university. And then I ended up actually applying for two programs in neuroscience in Europe and get rejected from both of them. Uh, and then uh, at some point, actually, like... <laughs> I, I, at some point, I actually started reading, like, in, in, I think in the middle of my fourth year, started started reading a textbook in neuroscience, like a couple of textbooks, and like it became really cool. 
really clear pretty it became clear pretty quickly that I have no idea what's going on and that like I have like no chance of properly learning neuroscience because like I should like I should learn some biology first basically and so I like found a tutor and started taking this uh, like a couple of courses in biology and yeah just get completely fascinated by biology and it seemed that biology was actually way more exciting than like a- a- anything i studied before and that there was so much stuff going on in like biology in various areas of biology and also yeah, it was pretty funny also because when i was in high school i just like completely hated biology it just like did not make any sense at all and it was just like a random collection of facts uh, like that didn't seem like they mattered at all but some like random animals or organisms or like some botany or some like just like shit that didn't make sense and wasn't interesting and i you know, would would have never thought that i would become interested in biology if you like uh but then yeah but then it, it, it did basically seem that biology was the most interesting science uh and that there are like a lot of problems like for example aging that are at the end of the day like biology problems uh and they're worth working on and yeah i think i like kind of decided that like well i'm going to leave the question of like intelligence and artificial intelligence to other people basically and that i want to focus on biology and that uh and uh yeah so that's how we came to life sciences or like to biology broadly to life sciences and then what happened was that i think in the yeah, in the summer after i finished college i was thinking about biology and i was thinking about okay so what should i actually do and i think i was realizing that i probably don't want to be a scientist myself um i think i, I was like reading biographies of scientists uh, and like i basically like, did not feel like they were satisfying in, in some fashion like even even for scientists who discovered uh, like some really important shit i like read their biographies and i was like okay you discovered like this really important shit but it doesn't like it doesn't feel like this this is the thing that i would have been satisfied basically and at the same time i was reading like biographies of entrepreneurs and like people who build things uh, and it did feel that you know i was reading the biography of elon musk and i remember oh yeah like that 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 feels like something that i would have been satisfied with and also like it seems that like building a company is the thing that i like the thing that i would have enjoyed a lot more than actually being a scientist so that was actually that like that was the book that got me back into uh reading back in high school uh and 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 sort of uh uh i guess it got me interested in in reading non-fiction books that's that's, that's wait which funny. book uh the elon musk book oh yeah yeah, the, yeah yeah his biography well i read i read his biography a lot later i was just like browsing wikipedia pages of scientists <laughs> Fair and uh, uh and entrepreneurs mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. uh and 
Yeah, then uh, the like the the Wikipedia pages of entrepreneurs just seemed a lot more satisfying, and I felt that like the thing that I would probably enjoy doing is like building rather than discovering, and so I was thinking about that. Also, it was I think around the time I was at some point I was like literally as I was trying to figure out what to do. I think at some point I literally like tried to write down the things that I felt like I uniquely enjoy and that I like could be like uniquely good at. And I think that one of the things that I wrote there was uh, the thing that I uniquely enjoy is like, I think like people problems. And like, I basically feel like I do enjoy like helping people and solving like the problems of people actually a lot more than I enjoy again, like thinking about the nature of reality, like doing the things that scientists do, you know, to, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, I, I, yeah, so, so that happened. And, uh, I, I, also, I think I was realizing that is that the thing I don't remember if I wrote that down or not. But I, I was just realizing that, like, the thing that I really enjoy doing is, is thinking about the systems and the structures of things and how, like, uh, yeah, like, systems operate. And I think that uh, what eventually happened, oh, yeah, what, what happened was that it was, like, I was actually on a honeymoon with my wife uh, and I was reading this book by Freeman Dyson called From Eris to Gaia. And at some point he was, uh, at some point he was talking about, I think like astronomy and like specifically telescopes, and how like the decisions behind which telescopes to create get made, and that, uh, like often these are like decisions are not very scientific. They're like political because like people just like want to create the biggest telescope that ever existed and like because it like sounds cool and not because it has a lot of scientific merit uh, often and i was realizing that yeah i'm actually like like very interested in how like exactly these decisions get made and how how we can improve them and yeah yes it was reason i think like that example like basically this all of these things sort of collided in my head like my interest in biology and my desire to do something related to biology and my realization that like i want to uh probably like help people uh rather and like build things and like think about the structures of things and like sort this all sort of collided and you realize that okay the thing that i should like can probably do is like uh try to help scientists like biologists specifically uh, and uh, try to talk to them and try to help them do science better and try to figure out how to improve the structures of science better uh, and uh, try to build something now although at the time we actually had well I, I actually didn't remember if like I had the thing about building at the time or, or like, I, I definitely didn't know what I wanted to build uh, and but yeah, like uh, this thing is sort of like collided and you realize that and the, yeah, the, and the intersection of that was the thing that I started doing with science, where I started talking to a lot of scientists and like 
trying to figure out what are their constraints and how can we how can I help them and how can uh, I well try try to improve academia and try to uh, I guess uh, get some more cool science happen uh, yeah so this is how I got to the 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 project that I'm working on now that was I think yeah, like in in the middle of 2018. Gotcha. Yeah, and and it's 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 really cool to hear you talk about um, your journey and how you got here because, well, I mean, a lot of people mention the fact that they had very. Um, you know, they're just trying a lot of different things. They had very, uh, like, sporadic uh, sort of uh, interests or attempts to, like, make things work before things actually worked. And I, 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 I'm I, sure you saw that kind of graph of, like, you know, how somebody expects progress to be, and it's, like, this linear line. But, like, in reality, it's just this just, like, giant, like, squiggle, you know, that somehow gets you to the answer at the end. And there's one... I mean, it's one thing to... Uh, to to, 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 to to know that but it's another to kind of experience it for yourself and realize that yeah this is uh, you know uh, actually true and it's okay that uh you know I, I'm going between all these different interests like I like one thing that would that would yeah, happen from the inside from the inside it did not feel okay like for a yeah. long time I basically yeah basically felt like again like switching interests every like six to twelve months and they like I could not get focused on anything and I like felt kind of terrible about that and I think like only over time the other thing that I did that I forgot to mention is that I kept this starting my like second year in university I started to do the thing I think like a couple of times per year where on a list of paper I just write out like the things that I feel like I want to do in the long term and like how like what they like basically what I want to do in life or like the potential like things that I feel like I want to be want to do in life and like why I want to do them like how, how I want to get there and I think the the thing that really helped was that after doing that for a couple of years I think I basically realized that even though I'm like feel like I'm jumping around from thing to thing like sort of like the core motivation or like the core interest to like, I guess, basically do something important and do something that would help uh, the world in, in some fashion, basically, uh, was not changing, really. I was just, like, trying now different things at, like, how to do that. And, uh, yeah, just, like, eventually arrived at the thing that was at the intersection of, like, this and the and like things that I'm actually enjoying doing and that I can get obsessed by, uh, yeah. I've 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 actually uh, been doing a very similar thing uh, where I, I I think it yeah like in my second year of uh, university I wrote out this big document of all of my uh, interests and kind of the things that that sort of um, attract me and the things that that you know drive me and 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 as part of that list i i, I wrote out um 
yeah, just, 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 um, just things that I think would be helpful to, to, to work on things that, um, you know, uh, I could contribute to. And I've recently gone back to that list and it's like, sure. Some of it, uh, you know, is, 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 is a little bit, uh, maybe naive, but, but for the most part, the basic structure of that, um, stayed the same. Like you can see, when you look back on what you write, you can see a kind of through line that maybe you don't see in the moment where it's like, like, you know how you go through certain, I don't know exactly how to talk about this, but it's like, you have like, like a, like a, like a thought phase almost where you, you see a particular thing you get inspired by a particular thing it gets you really excited and then you kind of get over it and 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 and, and at a certain point um you kind of forget about that thing but then the uh future um things that get you excited um i mean y- y- you can sort of look back on on all of the things that get you excited and, and 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 if you keep track of all of this stuff then you can actually notice that there's uh you know probably a much clearer pattern there that than you might might think um to begin with but yeah that that's yeah um yeah. I, I think it's it, yeah that, that 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 that's something that that's 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 i think a very yeah uh like a very um important thing to say is that it's 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 okay to to sort of uh try try different things and and, and sort of randomly go in different directions yeah. um but so yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's funny or I, don't, I guess it is not funny but i feel like among like people i know they f- seem to like get discouraged quickly often by like they spend a couple of years trying out different things and they they like either decide to like continue doing the thing that they like are doing now or they become like really discouraged upon like every finding the thing that they would really want to do and uh yeah it kind of feels very suboptimal feel like it's natural that uh it's it often takes a lot of time to figure out what you want to do and even though there are like people who's like in high school realize that oh here's what i want to do in life i just like go and do that but yeah i think I, I spent, yeah, I guess for me it was like five or six years of like really actively thinking about what I actually want to do. Uh, like, yeah, specifically thinking about this question before I realized that, or bef- before I like stumbled on the project that ended up being the thing. But like in the summer of 2018, when like the, the point of the story where we're in, I like I didn't know at the time that this was the thing that I would end up doing for such a long time, and that like I now I now hope that uh, and I plan to continue doing for a very long time, but it was like n- not at all obvious back then that this would become uh, it, basically for me. I think you hit on a really interesting point there, where it's 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 natural to go between different interests and do all the soul searching. But if, if you, I think to a lot of people that doesn't seem natural. And in fact, the thing that see the thing that they think is natural is to have a clear idea of what you want to do in life and just go and, and, and do that thing. Like 
whenever, for example, I would read, um, uh, you know, like in, in, in many biographies of, of these, these, uh, famous, uh, people, for example, uh, you would read that there were, uh, you know, the, the famous scientist was, uh, very into science from a very young age or like the famous entrepreneur was uh, you know started his first uh, business uh, in in high school or something like this and uh and certainly when you look at uh, the the incentives uh, the the sort of societal incentives uh you basically want to uh go to university pick a career and then go do that career and so from the outside it looks like everybody's uh, making these very, uh, you know, decisive uh, moves in their lives. And they're, you know, they seem very confident about what they're doing. Um, and, 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 and the other, the, um, what I noticed is that there's, there's this kind of pressure that comes with that where, you know, uh, basically, if you don't know what you're doing in life, basically, uh, like tough shit, um, a lot of people don't know what they're doing in life. Some people, you know, um, uh, uh, are, 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 are sort of like in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. They still don't know what they're doing in life. You know, maybe some people never figure it out. Uh, so that's not a certainty. Therefore, you should like go pick a thing to do and be useful. And then, you know, maybe at some point you'll, you'll, you'll sort of figure out the thing that you truly want to do, which to me kind of right. sounds almost like, uh, you know, um yeah sure um like maybe uh you're not uh, completely crazy about this girl but you should just like go ahead and marry her and and then you know like maybe it's like you'll find happiness later on which to to, to me that kind of seems like a, a a this this almost like fundamentally that that's that's the that's very dysfunctional like if if you're making a kind of uh decision uh, that's going to impact you for the rest of your life. Um, you know, um, doing basically the uh, career equivalent of like an arranged marriage or something doesn't seem like uh, doesn't seem like that great of an idea. Um, and yet, you know, uh, most right. people I find tend to follow that path of of like you know, I'm going to go get this major, and then and then uh, based on this major. Um, I have certain jobs that are open to me and therefore I'm going to go and pick those jobs instead right. of, instead of, instead of sort of. Yeah. And then, and then if you don't end yeah. do this, you feel terrible about yourself because they're like already making money and like doing stuff like progressing. Mm -hmm. And then you're like fumbling around, or at least this is, yeah. I, I feel like when, when I started doing my thing, I was like, yeah like i was not making any money and i was like basically like living with my wife in my parents apartment in my like room in my parents apartment where i like lived from when i was like uh eight years old or something like this and was like trying like not buying anything for a year basically or uh or or, or and it was yeah very very you know discouraging to see people around me like my my friends already making like a lot of money 
because they went into finance and who, who like could afford anything basically yeah. and it was like not able to do that uh, and was and also the other thing is like i also in retrospect it seems it, it might seem like i arrived at this like uh working on scientific institution thing and institutions and that it like this like up and down thing stopped but like it totally did not i basically for for the majority of the time uh, of me working on this i had like no idea what the big picture is i was like i was talking to a lot of scientists but i did not really what know where this is going and i did not know like what is the like yeah i did not know what i actually want to do about it and we're like talking like there are several like first of all like we've been talking about like trying to improve like the existing institutions and existing structures and this is the thing that I know it, it's kind of funny. I, <laughs> I, I, I guess now it seems funny because it was like thinking about doing that in Russia, and I realized that yeah, like it doesn't really make sense to improve the institutions of Russia. It's like it does not work. Then I decided that I should do that for like uh, the uh, in the global development, and then I realized that yeah, it doesn't really make sense. Like <laughs> why, why would you do that? And then I decided okay, I'm going to try to do the exact same thing except in science <laughs> and. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> try to figure out how to improve the institutions of science. <laughs> and I don't know, in retrospect, it seems kind of ridiculous. And like, I basically failed at that task. Like, at the end of the day, I spent like a lot of time talking, like, two years thinking about this and like trying to figure out how to improve the institutions of science. And I basically failed. Like at the end of the day, I'll also conclude that yeah, the other like does not seem to be like really a- any way for me to meaningfully affect like the existing institution because there's like universities and there's so many of them and they're like so big but also so disjoint. So like they're not not real leverage point it seems. And like there's the NIH which you know, like basically dominates everything, and like I probably can't expect to change an age that much. Like, not in the last part because I'm Russian and it's extremely <laughs> likely that I'm ever going to become the head of the nature, right? Uh, 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 unless, I don't know, I like do the thing that Schwert Snagger did, but like he became the governor of California at like 60, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and yeah, and like for, I, I, I basically, and basically, like after I started thinking about this thing, I like, I kept applying for jobs. The entire time I applied for like, I think, 10 to 15 jobs. I, I don't remember the exact amount, but I kept trying to get a job and I like failed at that completely, uh, which in retrospect seems good. Uh, but uh, like, it seems like it was a, a blessing in disguise. And probably like the fact that I was a Russian and I was like trying to like get a job in the US and hope that like someone would sponsor an H1B visa for me. It was, uh, yeah, kind of funny that I ended up not getting a job, uh, and like had to keep working on this project of like uh, thinking about the institutions of science, uh, and 
at some point I was like so discouraged actually. I, I published this piece called How Life Sciences Actually Work After the First Year of Research. Uh, but like right after I wrote it, I became just like really completely discouraged about the project because it was like, okay, I'm like have a pretty good picture of how like things work. But yeah, I have no idea how to really change anything. And at some point, I was like trying to get a job in like a scientific lab or like in in a few scientific labs, and I thought that okay, maybe I should like work in a, in 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 a biology lab, and like observe how things work directly and maybe help to uh, run it better or something like that. And like I guess improve the institutions in the, at this very small, low level. And then at some point, I already, this was like almost a year and a half into me, or more more than a year after I started working on this project, I applied with a friend uh, to Y Combinator because I basically thought that, okay, like this project doesn't really make any sense. I should just like start a company and try to become very rich. And like go back and and like do something about the institutions of science once they have a lot of money, and fortunately we did not get into YC. Uh, uh, and then, yeah, and then I was like still very discouraged. And didn't, yeah, and then I yeah I remember very it very well where when I just like decided it was like early September, twenty nineteen. And I decided that yeah, like this uh, science project like does not make any sense. And I torrented a bunch of Udemy JavaScript courses, and I spent like a, a week just like le- like learning JavaScript full time. I decided that I should just become a software engineer, and uh, that was uh, pretty funny. Uh, yeah, and then like what happened next was that yeah well I, I already got a couple of uh, travel grants from Taylor's Common Emergent Ventures to be able to travel from Russia to the US and to talk to scientists and to people who might be helpful with the project and uh, in September of 2019 when I was like learning how to code and was like uh, actually uh, on the trip I applied to Y Combinator with my friend uh, but basically at the conference that he organized for people who he gave grants to, I met this postdoc from Cambridge who was working on a really cool biology project there. And we started talking in the conference and we kept talking after the conference. And I thought that like his project is actually really cool and maybe I should, you know, like, yeah. I, I should, instead of working in the institutions of science, I could actually just like join his project. So like my, I guess my thought process was that I, there is like, I could join his project and like, just maybe, maybe I still want to do science and I wanted to figure that out. And then like, it seemed that he might be starting a biotech company out of that project. And I thought that it was really exciting. And maybe I could like join his project and join his company and help him build this biotech company. And then I also thought that, okay, like this, maybe I'll like spend some time working on that project and working in the lab. And I was uh, like, we were discussing like doing me doing worm experiments, like analyzing worm experimental data like learning on learning in worms. 
and I thought that this would be helpful for my project, uh, uh, for, for my institutions of science project, if I go back to it, because I like get the, uh, I guess, the direct knowledge of how biology actually works that was not accessible to me from just talking to people. So we ended up, uh, yeah, so I ended up flying down to Cambridge in December 2019 and hanging out with a friend of mine for two weeks uh, and uh, like, uh, I guess, being annoying in the lab. Uh, and uh, uh, then uh, and we decided that, yeah, that it would make sense for me to visit them for a longer period of time and to try to like uh, work with them and see if it makes sense for me to join uh, my friend and like a, a, another person who was working with him on the project, who was, I think, a grad student at the time. Uh, and so we convinced his, uh, uh, yeah, so we convinced his uh, head of the lab to like basically invite me as a visiting student to Cambridge to help him on the project. And Tyler uh, uh, agreed to fund uh, 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 this, like basically to, to fund me for six months uh, as visiting uh, as a visiting student and yeah and then like <laughs> I started working uh, with my friend remotely and like reading papers and like trying to like thinking about the experimental design and then right when all of my documents were ready and as I was about to apply for the visa like it was March of 2020 and in March of 2020, that is exactly the time when the like Western world was becoming like really, really agitated about COVID. And uh, my I got an email from Cambridge, and they were like, "Yes, sir, we're like closing down everything, and we're canceling all of the visiting students, uh, and that we're not going to be able to host you." And so, so I ended up not going to Cambridge. I ended up working on the project um, for like the first half of 2020 and like, yeah, reading a lot of papers, like figuring out how to design experiments, mm -hmm. like learning a little bit of bioinformatics uh, and like, uh, 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 like learning, relearning linear algebra because it was like, actually I spent like a month relearning, like learning linear algebra uh, to, to be able to understand like the mathematical details of uh, the the work uh, that my friend was doing, but yeah, and so like throughout the the whole thing, I basically was like really discouraged uh, on that uh, institutions of science project, which uh, in red, which like might seem like I just like started working on it in twenty eighteen, and I just kept working on it, and like now founded the organization uh, because I like uh, it, yeah, but what happened eventually was that. It yeah, was becoming clearer that I'm not going into the lab anytime soon, that like the, the lab stays closed down and that uh, it like working remotely on a project was like fun for some time. And I learned a bunch of like things that uh, I, I'm like, really glad that I learned, but uh, it uh, was not the thing that I was planning to do and it did not seem too useful, but also but also, uh, I <laughs> I noticed that uh, even though I, like I, I did not have a big picture of what I want to do for, for 
when I was working on that, I noticed that every time I heard about someone working in the institutions of science, I was like becoming really mad. And I was like, why the hell am I not working on this? Why the right, hell right. am I working on this science yeah, project? Like you which is doing great. Again, it was really fun. But I, I, yeah, but like it was funny how like this is like this ex- really visceral experience of me. Like I remember, yeah, just like reading about someone like thinking about the structures of science and it was like, why the hell are they thinking about this? And like, they're, they're going to be able to think about this better than I am. And they're going to like do the things that I, I, I would have done instead. And I don't remember like ever having this visceral reaction to like pretty much anything, I, I think. And this was the thing that, well, I, I guess like was a strong, mm. uh, factor for me that like real realization that yeah I actually want to work on the institutions of science and then like uh yes so I was feeling that but also in like I think early s- somewhere around a year ago I got the idea in my head that well like I, I could not figure out how to improve the institutions of science right and the the idea that I got in my head was that okay since I cannot improve the cannot figure out how to improve the institutions of science, uh, then like, why not just try to build new institutions of science, basically, in the same way that uh, like, when like, we see a company that's not working well, we can just like go and build another company and outcompete the first company, right? And I, I, I got this idea in my head around a year ago. And then uh, I basically spent the last year, well, I guess I spent, I became, I sort of like became really convinced actually this is the right thing to do very quickly. I feel like within a month or so. And I was like, decided that, yeah, I should actually just go and build new institutions of science. But like, I had no idea what this actually entails. <laughs> and I had like no idea what this like actually means. Uh, and I spent the next like uh, six months or so like trying to figure out what exactly does this entail? And actually, not like more than way more than six months. Uh, and like, what 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 does this mean in the long term? And like, what does this mean in the short term? And like, does the idea of building new institutions of science actually make sense? I think I only became like finally like really convinced that yeah, it does make sense, and I do have a good picture of like what this entails in the long term. And I do have a good picture of what like the this entails in the short term, only like like three months ago or so. And uh, yeah, and throughout that time, I was also like as usually like depressed and discouraged for uh, significant periods of time, and I have like my journal entries where I'm like, yeah, this doesn't make any sense, uh, or. Uh, or, or rather, actually, like the journal entries that I have are not like that, but they're more of a, which is like sort of like encouraging to me because like the, the things that I was feeling like in the last year was that, yeah, I have like, I feel terrible. I don't know what like I should do. I don't know whether the thing I'm thinking about makes sense, but like I'm, I'm convinced that this is like the, the, the thing I should be working on and that I'm like, meta level convinced that this makes sense even if i'm not object level convinced like what exactly i should be doing and this was actually very encouraging and yeah i think i like finally like became like object level convinced about everything 
if just a few months ago and um actually have been feeling pretty great mm. since then since i figured that <laughs> that out um yeah well that's awesome yeah no i i, I mean yeah, i can imagine that that's like this is such a wonderful feeling for you um and and and, and i can certainly relate to this well what w- when you're talking about, you know, maybe I should just do a startup, uh, make a lot of money, and then come back to this uh, problem that it, you know I, I've been thinking about for a while, um, I, I, I've, I've, I've definitely, um, you know, thought about very, very similar things. But I, I mean, the, the, the this, like the, the, there's this idea in, in, in there that, that, that some. Um, if you want to do something, you should just kind of go straight ahead for it instead of trying to take some kind of more roundabout path that seems more, um, I don't know, how should I say, like, I guess, feasible in in, in your mind. Um, like, for, for me, what, what, what I've noticed was um, uh, I was very interested in... Um, uh, bring computer interfaces and 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 cognitive science and and all this these kinds of things, uh, but the um, the ideas I had and the projects that I wanted to work on didn't seem like they almost seemed too uh, uh, ambitious out there, too crazy in a way. Uh, where um, I I felt that well, you know, actually, what I should do is I should go, uh, for example, work at a startup that is doing related things to this and then try to figure out from there how to circle back and implement my ideas or, right. or I should go work for this big company or whatever. Uh, but then actually also just a few months ago, I was just kind of thinking about things and I had this realization that, well, you know, I've been, I've had this interest for a long time. Why? And, you know, I, I uh, like, why not just pursue that directly? Right. Um, there's this weird way in which I've noticed that you kind of come up in your mind with uh, reasons for why that thing doesn't doesn't seem attainable, and so you kind of pick these like roundabout ways to get there. Um, I don't know. You, I guess, can relate right. to that um, to an extent. Yeah, but I, I mean, the, the the funny thing is though that. Often this is true that you can't really go about the thing that you want to do directly. Like even, so the thing that I'm doing right now is like I'm starting a nonprofit, right? And uh, the like the, the first project of this nonprofit is this like summer fellowship for young scientists. Uh, and well, the long-term goal is to build new institutions of basic science. Uh, but the thing is, had I gotten this idea that I want to build the institutions of science and that this is the way to go about it. Three years ago, when I was just starting to think about this, it probably wouldn't have worked out. Like if for, for this nonprofit, it requires like a lot of support structure. It requires like people, like biologists who I can like lean on. It requires people, other people who can like, I can ask for advice and who will want to give me advice and who will want to help me and who believe in me. And for like fundraising, 
it has been very helpful that I have a body of written work that people are aware of and that uh, people know that I did interesting research and interesting writing in the past and now they want to help me or they have evidence that uh, I, I guess th that I did something interesting in the past. And all of these things, like the fact that I talked to a lot of people and like developed these relationships and developed uh, like some amount of good reputation for doing interesting things has been like absolutely like basically necessary for the nonprofit. Like f for a startup, perhaps it's like you just like start coding the thing and you code it up and then you can like go and like show it to VCs or go and show it to customers. Well, or like, I guess run some ads or like figure out how to distribute the thing, or like how to get people convinced that this is worth supporting very easily because there is like gigantic infrastructure for like helping startup companies, software company, like startups get started. But for the thing that I'm doing, there's like zero such infrastructure. And I, yeah, I feel like it might be the case that like had I gotten the idea of building new institutions like three years ago, I would have like not seen a way to do that and would have gotten very discouraged and would have like gotten and worked on something else instead. But 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 what happened was that I like did not have this picture, and so I was just trying to talk to a lot of people and like try to figure out what's going on and what I should work on. And in the process of doing that, I like basically accidentally ended up like semi-accidentally ended up meeting a lot of people, and with a lot of them I continued talking and I ended up publishing uh, like a bunch of interesting pieces uh, while doing all all of that and like in the process of me stumbling around and not knowing what to do, I developed all of this like supporting infrastructure that at the end of the day ended up being essential for me actually doing the thing that I'm doing now. And so it like, right. And, and so this first two years were the roundabout thing for me. Uh, and uh, yeah, which is uh, kind of funny because I, I know there is like, this this question that's pretty entertaining whether of like what kind of an advice would you give to your younger self like to to prevent them from making like the stupid mistakes that you made yeah. and uh, i'm like sort of wondering okay so like if i told my younger self that like this is the project that they like uh, the younger Alexei should be working on then like there's a good chance that it would have been bad for him because uh, as the i very mentioned wouldn't be actionable dis because... discouraged Right, because, right, because, like, and the thing about me is that, like, again, I'm like bad at like bad at working things for like instrumental reasons. I'm like bad at like only doing the thing because it will help me do some other thing in the future. And like, had my younger self known that in order to start this nonprofit, he would need all of that infrastructure and would have like done this like research project or whatever in order to get the nonprofit started i like sort of wonder whether like he would even be able <laughs> to do that but instead like because like figuring out how how to like how to like how to improve science was my 
it felt like my terminal goal. I it was very motivated to to, to do it, uh, and ended up doing that. And uh, and then like it's sort of, I think that there's like actually a lot of things like like this in life, where I, I know one example that I, I feel I want to give is like. I don't know, maybe like relationships where like maybe every, everyone is just terrible at relationships when, when they are like in the first relationship or two. And they usually, uh, I feel like just go terribly. But then if you, but you sort of like have to believe that like this is the right thing to do in order to even attempt it and not mm-hmm. think that this relationship is probably going to be terrible and like you're going to be in a great deal of pain and the other person is going to be in a great deal of pain and the, he's probably just going to blow up in your face terribly and, and then uh, you, you sort of like have to like the knowledge that yes like this relationship is probably not going to be your last relationship this relationship is probably not going to be very good it's probably like will be good for you at the end of the day because you learn a great deal of stuff and it's like probably going to be like fun and uh, uh, yeah and stuff but then you really should and like have to believe that yes this is like the greatest thing that will ever happen and fortunately we do end up believing that and like i certainly <laughs> believe that in my first relationship and it was absolutely right. terrible and you like blew up terribly and and then the date was useful uh, and I, again i feel like if my like younger self was informed that yes like this first relationship is just going to be terrible it's going to blow up don't do it and then like he would have never done that and then he would have like just been terrible at relationships and yeah or maybe an equally bad piece of advice uh, would have been like, oh, you know, yes, this relationship is 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 going to be terrible and it's going to blow up and everything, but uh, do it anyway uh, because it'll be a great learning experience, you know. And 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 to, to, right, to... but then this would be right, but that's this, but but the thing is about that advice is that it would like destroy the magic sort of like because well, like, exactly this, that's what I mean. This relationship yeah. would like really be real, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, and I mean, I feel like I'm very, very much, um, I have a very similar mentality when it comes to like, it's, it's, it's very hard for, 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 for me to uh, convince myself, uh, to, um, you know, work for these, um, kind of, uh, I guess like instrumental goals, uh, that are, are, at some point supposed to lead to some kind of, you know, sort of like terminal goal. Um, if for me, like, if I don't see the justification of like, well, like what I'm doing now is the thing that, um, uh, I guess, uh, ultimately, uh, matters and, and is important, then it's, it's just, it's very hard for me to stay motivated on that thing. Um, so yeah, no, uh, definitely. Right. I, I, I can, I, I can relate to that a lot. Um, and and I feel like the other thing there is that, well, yeah. So so you, in in every, um, I guess decision you're kind of you're 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 led by by this by this 
idea of thinking that this is, uh, you know, what I'm doing right now is, 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 is right and true. And, and this is the thing that I should be working on, even though it's, you know, maybe, maybe not the thing that you'll end up like working on, um, in the future, but by, 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 by doing this, it also, um, it's crazy how, when you work on a project and even though it doesn't work out, uh, the, it's crazy how many lessons you learn, but it's also crazy, uh, how, how that changes your your vantage point um, of me, 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 like maybe it's the people you've met along the way, or maybe it's the you know a particular change in your worldview um, that then allows you like it, every new project you start, you, you're kind of starting from a, a, a different position, and oftentimes it's it's from a more more informed position. And so I feel like that kind of relates to what you're talking about with, uh, you know, um, if you were, were, were to just tell your young, younger self to, um, uh, you know, like create new science right away, um, that person just w wouldn't have had the right vantage point for it. So, yeah, that, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but, but I, I, I feel like we, we so um, we've been, uh, talking a lot about uh, uh, improving the uh, structures of science, uh, but uh, haven't, uh, I feel like, uh, clearly, uh, I guess, uh, talked about what, what, like, what is it exactly that, that is, that is, uh, that is uniquely wrong with the structures of science or, or, or academia. Um, and well, for example, in your, Post that you wrote about how the life sciences actually work uh, you kind of outline a lot of these things uh just to read a quick uh quote from you in that post um you write that specific parts of academia uh that seem to be problematic uh rigid um punishing for deviation career progression peer review need to constantly fundraise for professors parts that seem to be less of a problem than i initially thought short-termism uh lack of funding for young scientists um, so can you, I guess, expand on that or is there anything that you would, yeah. Um, like, how do you feel about that? I guess, um, statement and just like, yeah. Um, just in general, the state of uh, science. Right. Uh, I think that like these points that you quoted are I mostly agree on uh, mostly agree with I think the the one that I although I think I like broadly became more pessimistic about the state of academia since writing that and like specifically well one of the things that you mentioned is the, the funding for young scientists and I like I think like I agree with this point like literally as it is written I like it seemed like less of a problem than I initially thought like the the funding for young scientists however like substantively it like seems to me like a gigantic problem 
like and specifically like there are it is true that at the end of the day it's the like grad students and postdocs who do end up like spending the money that are like awarded for doing science and that they're good they're the people who like do the experiments and like actually do science and often come up with the ideas and they often have quite a lot of freedom especially the postdocs uh and in this way it is less of a problem like the like funding for young scientists is less of a problem than i initially thought but at the same time i i i i came to think that like the sort of the opportunity for young scientists is uh really lacking and like specifically for like i think people who want to do something differently uh, in that so, so to to give an example like think about bill gates for example he started microsoft when he was like 20 or 19 or 20 or something like that uh and uh he had an idea of like what he wanted to do and he just like started doing it and when he was 19 and 20 he like probably had no idea how to run a company and he was probably like really bad at it uh but then he just like started doing the thing and uh was able to pursue his vision and was supported by like was able to hire people from like from the industry with more experience who helped him to build his company and he was supported by like venture capitalists uh who well this is back in the 70s i i think like the venture capital industry existed in some form but like there there was a lot of support infrastructure that helped him to to build the company and he was able to start building out his vision uh, when he was very young and in science uh like i personally know people who uh at like at the age of like 22 23 after they finished their undergrad like they spent many years doing science they like spent many years in the lab doing different things and they spent many years reading research papers and where by the time they graduated from graduated from undergrad they have a pretty good idea of what they actually want to do and they have a pretty good idea of like what they want to like of a research vision that they want to build out and they just literally have no ability to do that like just zero uh, they in academia you have to go to grad school you like almost required to do a postdoc and uh only at the age of like 35 or 40 you're going to be able to uh like open your own lab and actually start building out your vision before that you're going to be an employee you're going to be a graduate student in someone else's lab you're going to be a postdoc in someone else's lab like if you're very lucky you're going to have an independent postdoc but you basically have no ability to to 
to build out your vision when you're a, like without the regard to credentials, but just based on the fact that you have the vision. And uh, I'm like not claiming that there are many people who have this thing out of undergrad, and I'm not claiming that they would be very good at it. But I like am convinced that like the the people who are like these outliers are like often the people who matter the most. And now and like they for them it would have been a lot better to like run their lab for six years and like start like build out their thing instead of being a grad student for six years. Yeah. And like if they're lucky working the thing that interests them, if they're unlucky just like work on thing that like they're advisor told them to work on and they're like discouraged from going into science essentially and because they like would be required to spend like 10 years like 10 plus years before being able to start a lab and uh even they're like have little control over their life essentially like in academia you have to fly between like fly to wherever you, your job is and like often like m most professor jobs are like not in uh or like yeah they're like sort of randomly distributed and you don't have much control over where you're going to be working on and you have to work on things that your peers find interesting and there is yes this like general thing where there is just not a lot of control over your life for a long period of time uh, as a scientist. Uh, so this is the thing that like, I became convinced that it's actually really important to give young people opportunity, uh, like especially young people who want to do something different, the opportunity to do something different. And academia is just terrible at it. And they feel like uh, we're, we're probably losing a lot uh, not doing that. But so, but right now I'm talking at, about people who want to like build out the research vision and start a lab and stuff. But on the other hand, like there there are people who who just want to do science and like I think most scientists actually do not want to build a lab. They just want to be be scientists and to continue doing science. And the funny thing is that like academia fucks them as well. Like the academia has this like rigid track where you do undergrad, you go to grad school, you do a postdoc, you become a professor. And like, there is no place for a person who just wants to continue to be a scientist. Like you have, you can do science, but like you're going to be working in someone else's lab. Uh, and then you have to become a, a professor and start your own lab and hire people and manage people and write grants and like spend like, like a quarter of your time actually thinking about science and probably not not being in the lab and stuff and there are very few these research scientists the research scientist positions where you're actually able to like continue doing science uh, and it's i don't know kind of amusing and tragic that uh <laughs> academia forces everyone to go through this like one route and people who like want to build things early uh, are extremely discouraged from doing that. And people who well don't don't want or like build a lab early cannot do that. And people who do not want to lab also cannot do that. Like 
you have to build a lab to stay in science and you have to do it at like one particular point when you like accumulated enough credentials and stuff, which is yeah, just bizarre. And the thing that I very much hope to do something about with new science. Yeah, the, there's this um, Bucky Fuller quote that I've, uh, I just keep coming back to over and over. Um, he basically was saying that, well, you know, like everybody is born a genius, but something about the process of living degeniuses them. Um, and it, it's, I, I, you feel that a lot in, in, in academia where it's like, there's this kind of um, youthful uh, energy and drive and enthusiasm that, uh, you know, just gets like stamped out. And it's not clear that, when that does get stamped out, uh, you know, if, if, if you can, if you can then like reignite that in people, like, let's say you're very enthusiastic about doing some kind of research project in your twenties. And then you realize that you have to go through the academic system and, 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 you know, basically become a bureaucrat for 10 years. Um, and after being a bureaucrat for 10 years, do you still want to do your really ambitious, uh, sort of research project? Well, probably not, uh, you know, and and so that's yeah to me that's that's kind of uh, I guess like heartbreaking in a way because you would think that um, academic institutions would be the place where I mean my, my ideal um, academic institution is is basically a place that encourages people to I guess thrive and self actualize and. Um, learn about the world and then, and then, and then usefully contribute something unique to the world. Um, but yeah, it, 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 like, it just seems that even, even in, um, in my undergrad degree, I'm, I'm, I'm just noticing this, that, that, that it, a lot of it is just like, you know, teaching people to become bureaucrats, basically. It's like, well, if, if, if I write this essay, um, what would the, what would the professor think about this essay? Should I include this, this part in it? You know, like how would that like affect my grade? And it's this whole idea of just trying to optimize for sort of for, 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 for grades. And then the, this, this, this same mentality carries into, you know, professional life. And it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I guess you, you're, you're, you're focusing with, with new science, you're focusing more on the research um, side of things, but um, ha have you, have you thought about the learning aspect of academia or did you, I mean, um, do you think the, these things are kind of related problems or um, separate and, and, and need sort of new or like di different solutions to them? Right. Because um, in a way, like, like the research feels yeah, broken, I but also the learning more... also feels broken. Yeah. Uh, I think there is a good chance that new science will try to do something about learning at some point in the future. Uh, but uh, I have no immediate plans uh, for that. And uh, the reason being that, like, I want to attack one small niche uh, uh, at the time and expand the thing new science does gradually. Uh, and uh, the thing that uh, seems more important, actually, 
right now is like focus on research. But the other thing is that honestly, like learning seems less broken to me than research. Like uh, undergrad, the undergrad experience of my friends in the US seems pretty great usually. Like you do really have the ability to just like do whatever you want. You can party, you can study, you can join clubs, you can study whatever you want. Nobody's going to force you into like some rigid program where you like do things that are boring. Like if you think that the course, like my understanding is that MIT, for example, like there's like a two week period after the start of the semester during which you can drop the course and without any penalty. And this is like just mind blowing to me where in Russia I had like my like course, all of the, like almost all of the courses were like in the, like known like four years in advance what I'm going to take. And uh, in like when I was, when I just like applying for the program and in the US you, you can, well, like obviously there are major requirements, but you can switch your major if you don't like your major and you can, yeah, like, so undergrad, I don't know, does not seem that bad to me. Uh, well, I guess, I, although I have not first experienced it firsthand, of course. And then grad school, like, even though I, I was talking about, like, people not being able to start a lab before grad school, like, grad school is often, like, pretty great. You like conditional on you getting in, I guess, in, in a lab where you vibe with the professor and where like you end up working on things that you think are important and interesting. Uh, like grad school is great. You just like do science, you do the thing that you love uh, and you get paid like not, not, not a lot of money, but like enough to live on uh, for a bunch of years. And this is to me is like almost like doing the arts basically. Uh, and well, grad, grad school is bad if, of course, you, you you do not get in a lab where you're able to do the thing that you think is important and then you, you're just going to have like a miserable experience. And then like professors, like everyone tells me that like management in academia is just like not very good. And there, there are lots of program, problems in grad school, but I think that grad school is actually like often quite okay. And yeah, the thing that I decided to specialize now is on research rather than learning, basically, as a result of all of this. That makes sense, yeah. Um, but I also learning we're... is just like much harder to, uh, the, the other thing is that like learning, like learning what for, like at the end of the day, I want to like, the purpose of new science is to like facilitate scientific research, right? But like, if I attack learning, then like people are going to be going into the existing research structures, or I would need to also attach new research structures on top of learning. And then like, uh, it, it basically seems that the, yeah, the, the existing research structures are more broken than learning is broken and it does make sense to start to attack research structures now and then like potentially expand to learning in the future. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I guess the, the 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 only thing that I was trying to hit on there is that it, it seems that whatever problems you're going to find in learning um, and in research seem to come from almost it's 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 almost like the same root cause. Like there's some the the, the, the there's there's um um. I don't know. It, 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 when I read about um, academic institutions, uh, for example, in America in, uh, let's say, the uh, 40s, 50s, 60s, uh, things seem to be a lot, I mean, th- like things seem to be done a lot more competently and the institutions seem like they're actually uh, able to carry out pretty impressive research, uh, you know, uh, all, all of these sort of problems uh, with academia that we talked about today um, didn't seem to exist or exist in, you know, a much smaller capacity. Um, so I, I I don't know if, if um, I guess, like, have, have you, have you, um, like, I'd assume you've done a lot of kind of research and in, in, in reading into this, but, but I'd be curious, it, it, if you have a take as to why these things um, became worse and sort of like degraded over time, would you even agree with that? With that, I guess with that frame, um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I would avoid making any strong statements here because honestly, I, I guess I have sort of a hot take that what if. He, history is not very useful and that we like have actually pretty good a pretty bad idea of how things worked in the past and i tend to idealize things well because of this i'm like i I read a lot of history that interests me for like other reasons i don't know i think like ancient roman history is pretty fascinating and like military history is fascinating, but I and I, I guess I read a little bit of like history of how science worked, but I, I feel like yeah I I'm definitely not in a position to tell whether like science worked better in like 1940s than it works today, uh, and yeah. Well, I guess, like, we do observe the changes, like, the evolution of academia over the last few decades, at least. And it does, or, like, there are statistics where we just see that the uh, scientists, like, keep getting awarded their, like, grants at older ages. Or, like, I think we can do this, like, thought experiments of whether would like the scientists who we like think have, like have been the greatest scientists in the past would they have been able to become successful scientists today and like often we sure that the answer is probably no uh, but uh, yeah and and because of this i think like i don't know anecdotally I do feel that the, the thing that we observe is that since the i mean the, the, the existing structure funding of biology appeared right after the Second World War, where the NIH started to grow really rapidly. And 
uh, like before that, like science just worked completely, completely differently. And what we uh, observe is that this is the way science works under that regime. And uh, it does seem that there are a lot of problems, but honestly, like it's, yeah, it's not clear just like how much better or worse things were at at particular points in the past. Uh, yeah. And I would, yeah, I don't know, I'm not a big fan of this, like historical comparisons. Makes sense. Um, yeah, um, well, I, I guess the, it, it, I think it, it, it's, 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 um, an, an important kind of, well, if you know sort of why the current institutions are, uh, in the state that they are, uh, I would assume that it's, it's, um, be like easier to try to uh prevent that with any sort of with any sort of alternative or with any sort of new institution that you try to that you try to uh, uh sort of uh come up with right um so it, if you like right. yeah that, that, if, I, yeah yeah um yeah this is a good point actually yeah in that in that, yeah, like the the institutions have like problems, not just like completely randomly. It's likely that like they they sort of in, evolved into the like the things that they have become for reasons, and it's actually helpful to figure out what these reasons are, and to avoid just doing the same thing that they did and growing into the exact same problems, and. Yeah, this is actually a good point. And uh, at the same time, I feel like the, the, the meta level point I, I have is that I sort of skeptical that any organization can like remain interesting for a long period of time. Uh, in yeah, and like that, natural life like, cycle of, um... especially without competition. Yeah, and and like it's like natural, like for any organization that at the start it attracts people who like like working at new organizations, and who are probably like uh, not risk averse, and then like inevitably as the organization grows, it starts to attract different people, and it starts to like get burned and develop processes, and like it's it really feels to me inevitable that organizations become less interesting over time. And like when, when there is competition, the companies like are forced by uh, other companies to like continue doing like to, to like not become completely bogged down in like the processes and risk aversion, but especially, and they are like still usually fail. And like we see companies die all the time. And like we see startups all the time overcoming companies who like it seems have m much more resources. But 
especially for institutions where there is no real competition, like the NIH. Uh, like it, it just seems natural that after, so it's been like doing the thing that it's been doing for like 70 years almost now, uh, or about 70 years. And it's very natural that after all the time without any competition, like sort of grew like even despite the best efforts from the people who run it and despite despite the best efforts from the government it grew into the thing that like could probably do a lot better and that it does seem to me make sense to like just try to do something entirely new and for new science as well i sort of expect that in like 50 years assuming it exists in 50 years in 50 years it's probably just like sort of structurally not going to be able to do very interesting things or things that are as interesting things as like the new organization working on scientific institutions 50 years later would have been able to do. Uh, and it just seems like, uh, yeah, a pretty natural cycle to me of th how things work. Yeah, 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 that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. One of the uh, other things that you mention on the New Science website uh, is that uh, uh, basically you want to distinguish new science from academia in a, in a cultural way. Uh, one, of the, one of the points that, 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 that you hit on is like, well, the... Um, you know, you can have two organizations, for example, that have pretty similar structures. But um, when you look at the culture of these things and the people who, uh, you know, inhabit them, then then you, you can it can lead to very different results. Um, and so, one of the, I mean, one of the things I was kind of curious about is that. Well, I I've noticed that um, in academia. Uh, there, there seems to be this uh, level of like, um, I guess, groupthink in a way, where a lot of the academic institutions seem to be very similar to one another, and they seem to come to uh, very similar conclusions uh, about things. Um, and 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 so, I guess uh, I was I was curious. Um, how how you um, plan to keep the uh, institutions of uh, new science, uh, I guess, uh, immune to uh, the sort of groupthink that, that that we see in, in in academia today. Um. So, honestly, I'm not entirely clear what you mean. Uh, by grouping in academia, but uh, I guess the like in terms of like uh, culture, the way I think about this is that well, yeah, like academia does indeed. Yeah, just, just sorry. Um, I guess like just to clarify a little bit. Um, I guess what like what I meant was was this kind of um culturally uh academia uh seems to be very uh very homogenous like if you go to um a, i don't know harvard uh versus if you go to uh, yale versus if you go to um any of these other places it seems that um 
there's very little difference in terms of the culture um and 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 all of these places seem um kind of like these um i guess um like bureaucratic institutions in in, in in some sense that don't really have a lot of distinguishing characteristics um that's kind of what i what i meant i right i don't know to to, to what extent you would you would i, yeah, I think, guess uh, maybe I, agree with that but yeah I, th I think this is mostly true I, th I think this is yeah like i guess this is mostly true there are like cultural differences between like stanford and harvard and yale and there are research institutes like cold spring harbor laboratory for example that from my talking to people do have like kind of a different culture but it is true that academia is this at the end of the day actually a, like a pretty i want to say monolithic entity in that so to be specific you like because the NIH specifically dominates funding in biology, then the the result of this is that like everyone is sort of judged by uh, like is forced to be judged by the things that like the NIH wants finds interesting and wants to judge people by and this is like a very particular type of uh i guess evaluation where the nih is really interested in like is interesting like some topics more than others and like is interested in some like specific forms of output like specifically like papers in I mean, papers in peer-reviewed journals published as a yeah. as outputs of the grants that NIH refer funds and the universities often like when universities hire people like hire someone to be a professor they like the the question of whether the person is going to be able to get funded by the NIH is one of the first like one of the most important questions when that uh, that universities ask when deciding to hire someone or not, and so this does induce this like sort of like pretty broad level. I think of homogeneity of like how people end up approaching things, and there are some differences in, for example, again in Cold Spring Harbor, although there again. It's funded in a very significant part by the NIH, and so people are subject to the same pressures of like the things of the types of things to work on, the types of things that are considered to be like proper research outputs, uh, and uh, at, the, at the same time there are research institutes that are independent from the NIH and where so for example there exists this lab called HHMI Genilia uh, close to Washington DC where all 
researchers are fully internally funded and they do not need to seek funding from the NIH. But at the same time, the terms there are limited. And so the people who go to HHMI Genelia uh, to do research, like most of them will need to go back to uh, the, or like we'll need to seek a job at a university at some point in the future. And they will need to seek funding from the NIH at some point in the future. And then at the end of the day, they, like, even though Genelia tries to do something different, because it's it's still integrated with academia in this, like, very strong way, like, the grad students who go to Genelia will, like, need to find a postdoc and will need to find a job in a university. It's, like, the ones that uh, want to go into academia they are also another day like pressured to to do the things that the NIH finds interesting and worthwhile and that the the universities who look at NIH would want to see on the researchers CV so uh, I guess the question was like how, how would new science do things differently and like how how would new science try to like uh, free people from working on like like being dominated by like the culture of academia like the the culture that the NH imposes and like on academia of like the types of things that are considered interesting and worthwhile and that like approaches that are considered and the the styles of doing work that I I consider it appropriate. And uh, I guess the, the answer is that like it's going to be very, very hard to do because uh, like the, uh, the all of the all of the basic science happens within the structures. And the plan is to uh, the plan for new science is to start like basically starts to do things where people can uh, like can take part in projects that uh, would sort of like n not conflict with the things that academia would want them to do directly that much so specifically for example like the first project that new science will do is this summer fellowships for young scientists and the expectation would be that these young scientists would do something that they wouldn't be able to do uh, in the normal course of their work like their grad student they think they wouldn't want wouldn't be able to do in uh, their lab normally uh, or uh, yeah, and, and so here, because the summer fellowship is like only lasts for one summer, uh, and the 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 expectations that people yeah would do something different, but because it's just three months long, then the, the people would be able to actually just like take this uh, sort of try out this thing where they. Uh, like even if they fail completely 
to do the thing that they're trying to do over the summer. They will be able to just like go back to whatever they were doing and to continue on the same track without like really being punished for doing something different. Uh, so th- this is the first thing. The first thing. The second thing is that the plan for new science is to start like very small. And well, the, the summer fellowship program is pretty small. But the other thing is that New Science will seek to support a pretty small number of researchers and like to support it to enable a pretty small number of researchers initially. And the plan is basically to like uh, filter for people who are like not very satisfied with academia and who would want to do things differently and who would be like partial to like trying out this is different culture uh, and tr- trying out things that uh, the normal academia would not necessarily necessarily want them to do and to try to work on more risky or interesting and underexplored areas and uh, there like if new science targets this like small number of people initially then it's going to be able to like uh, to to not really care that much about being like really influenced by academia because like these people would not really be interested even in working in academia. They would want to do basic research, but they wouldn't really be interested in working in academia. And so, for example, if I, like I feel like most of the grad students I talk to these days, like even though like the ones that are really talented and and are really interested in basic science, I feel like most of them do not actually like end up dropping out of academia, and so for them, new science could try to, you know, like for example, figure out how to give them an independent fellowship to to work on the thing that they are working on, but uh, after finishing their PhD, but outside of academia. And then if the person is thinking about dropping out of academia anyway and going into biotech or whatever, then like during this independent fellowship, they wouldn't be that affected by tastes by the tastes of academia because like they're not really interested in like getting a job there anyway. And then and then like maybe right now new science is not really going to be able to offer people new like long-term career perspectives but then the plan is that so the the, the first people i hope to support with like the summer fellowship summer fellowship and maybe this like short independent fellowships after which people will like probably need to like go and do whatever they were going to do anyway but then like gradually over time to increase the scope of support and to like enable people to like hire people outside of academia and to like do basic science outside of academia for a longer period of time. And then like gradually to like eventually enable people to actually start labs outside of academia. But then once this like there is more opportunity and to offer people longer term perspectives then like it will matter like a bit less that like whether the person is or or, or yes it like new science will actually be able to uh sort of build out this independent 
uh, structure uh, where, yeah, I, I guess where, where people are able to work on the things that are different from academia because they they're either would not be interested in going into academia or they would be able to like know that they're going to be able to work on the things that interest them for a long period of time and not be concerned by uh, you know like getting a job in academia or doing the things that the NIH would find interesting and like doing the things that would look good on their normal academic CV. That makes uh, a lot of sense. That was clear. Yeah, yeah, that 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 was clear. One of the well, um, one of the things you mentioned is the uh, sort of uh, like the peer review system in uh, modern uh, academia, and you know, um, like. I guess the, the 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 thing that I'd be curious about is is what specifically do you see wrong with with that aspect of academia and you know if uh, the research uh, that is you know uh, helped and facilitated by new science uh, like if 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 that kind of research wouldn't use the peer review system what kind of uh, what kind of system would would it would it would it use would like would you see uh, kind of in 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 its place? Right. So, uh, I think that peer review, in the most general sense, is like not bad because at the end of the day, like someone has to evaluate the quality of your work and. Uh, the like the the problem with the ex, the way peer review currently works is that like in journals it uh, when you try to publish a paper uh, in a journal and it's sent to uh, reviewers and like and then you have to go through cycles of revisions and you have to do the things that. Uh, like the reviewers want you to do, even if it doesn't really add to the paper. Uh, and even if it takes a long time, uh, then then like this becomes a problem. Uh, and, uh, but, but this is a problem more for like, yeah, like the way peer review currently works and not like the the general idea of a peer review uh, and the the peer review that i think would make more sense and the way that like the publishing actually like slowly is moving in the direction is post publication peer review where you first like publish your paper on the internet uh, and then other researchers just like read it and naturally as they read it they like comment on it or they critique it or they uh, figure out ways to improve it and they do yeah so they do post-publication peer review and uh, I think that honestly I don't know what exactly is the type of peer review that like like how exactly peer review will be structured for science uh, done it 
like or like enabled by new science i think there's like maybe actually people will like i think publishing is really important and maybe people will want to publish in normal scientific journals and want to go through the uh, normal peer review procedures uh, but i think in the long term it probably makes sense to like build out the structures and like the systems around post-publication peer review where you do some research you write up a paper you publish the paper and then the other researchers engage with it in public and uh, review it in public and then there is an open discussion about the paper uh, and, and about the research yeah i like that a lot in a way um I can't help but think that you kind of um, practice that to, to an extent with uh, with the with some of the blog posts that you've written. Uh, like, for example, uh, the blog post uh, about uh, uh, like critiquing um, uh, Matt Walker's book uh, "Why um, Why We Sleep." Um, if you go look at that blog post, there's like you know ton of appendices and sort of uh, you know like responses to uh criticisms from various yeah. people yeah exactly. and that you know like to me that when i come across that article and i read it that shows that you know that like this person has uh really thought through uh, all of the uh feedback that uh that he's gotten and you know th this stuff like th th through getting feedback this you know uh the the, the article is made stronger for it and that's that's kind of nice right and, yeah yeah, so, and, and yeah, also I, the, I it's like, yeah, and, and also it's like a living document, right? As as people read, as you pointed out, as people read the piece, I like I encounter a critique and I like fix the critique and I note in the text that, oh, there was a mistake and I fix that. Or I just like write up and like Q and A for like why I don't think this critique is actually strong and I append it to the piece. And it's actually kind of bizarre that today scientific papers like get published and then they're like forever stuck in whatever state they were published in. And like, if you discover that something was wrong, like you can send the correction to the journal, but it's a really painful process to do that. And if you figure out a way to improve the paper, you sort of like basically don't have a way to do that. You like have to write an, a new paper with new results. And yeah, this, this is kind of bizarre. It's, uh, I am like really inspired by Gwern. I think like people who do this like long content where they like gradually, like they write pages and gradually update them over time and gradually make them better in response to feedback and in response to their learning. And I'm trying to do, trying to kind of do that. And uh, yeah, it would be like really interesting what this could look like in science because this is like basically not happening at all. They're discrete papers that like get published and uh, that are yeah, stuck in whatever condition they were published unless there's some egregious mistake and, or like fraud uh, after which like the paper is retracted or something. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and the thing that kind of ties into that maybe, um, uh, 
would be allowing uh, like annotations or input um, on on on, for example, a, a, a paper or something like that. Like 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 if you had a for example um, the option to have a comment section for uh, some kind of published paper, right? Right. And in that way, you would be able to get feedback from 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 everybody, um, which. You know, I'm sure a lot of those comments maybe would wouldn't be very helpful, but 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 it kind of opens up the. Um, um, you'd be doing a lot less gatekeeping that way, and and kind of letting, I guess. Right. Well, the, the the good thing is that. Yeah, the the good thing is that this is actually already kind of happening, and like because in biology, if you publish in bioarchive, like. You can pub you can publish the paper there, and then people will discuss on tw on Twitter, and then like the people on Twitter, and there is actually a comment section under the paper, and there is this site called PubPeer where people can comment on papers, and uh, so so it, it's like things are actually moving in that direction, but like yeah, the, the I guess the it's a very small a slow process because and end of the day like the thing that is counts as a proper research contribution especially when like uh, in job promotions or in again for grants are peer-reviewed papers and they're in this like format where they're stuck in, in place uh, but they're also actually benefiting from like preference and from discussions on preference where people publish working papers and then get feedback over time from the public and not just from you know, reviewers at the journal where the paper is submitted. And then, uh, and then they send the like paper, uh, which already ha has benefited from the public discussion to the journal. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The one thing that um, I was going to ask you um, on, 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 on this topic of um, I guess, like, freaking out interests and, and, and kind of giving advice to your younger self and all of this, um, what would be, um, I guess, like, what are the uh, books or texts or just, like, th things you've come across that have um, influenced you the most and, and, and I guess, that you would um, kind of recommend to people? Like if you had to, you know, pick out however many, like five uh, books that, that and, and like these would be the books that, that stay for you for the rest of your life, um, what would you, what would you recommend? Or blog posts or whatever else it may be. Right. For books, well, I, I guess from Eris to Gaia is one of those books. And uh, I, I mentioned it uh, previously. Aside from that, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a difficult question for me because I sort of like don't really think in these terms. It doesn't feel like books. Like books are definitely, some books have definitely been like spiritually influential for me uh, because they came at some like points in my life or because they just I don't know I, I vibed with them a lot like reading 
Dostoevsky when when I was young, and like uh, the notes from the underground. Okay, you can name notes from the underground by Dostoevsky as the book that actually influenced me a lot, uh, and That's that I still reread. Uh, like yeah, <laughs> still still reread like once a year. Uh, okay, so this is two. Uh, aside from these two books. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure I can name like more books that actually influence me. Let me. So so I have I have a list of my favorite bo- favorite books on uh, my site, and but even they they're like again I vibe a lot with them, but I'm not sure how much they like really influenced my like trajectory of what I work on or how I think about life honestly uh, yeah I, I, I yeah I guess <laughs> I guess I guess my recommend my, <laughs> my third recommendation would be to, to, to go to my site uh com and to uh, look for a page called my favorite movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, music, and video games, <laughs> and uh, check out the books listed there. All of them, all of which I like, appreciate greatly. And uh, uh, but none of which I, I could say that like really influenced me. I guess like the other fa- one of my favorite books ever I can mention is the things they carried by Tim O'Brien. It's a collection of short war stories, uh, like fictionalized war book. stories from Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> this is uh, an amazing book, uh, and uh, but yeah, I don't know if it like influenced me, Bursa. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, that yeah. Uh, I guess there's a lot of um, great content on that uh, page that you mentioned, and um, on your site in general. Um, so yeah, I uh, I'll, I'll I'll link your site and and, and the new science uh, site in the uh, description so that people can uh, check those out, uh, and also uh, new science. Uh, uh, you can actually donate um, to to new science, um, so yeah, uh, that's 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 something that um, I would encourage people to do uh, because I think it's uh, quite a quite a interesting yeah. project. And I'm just like like I'm really happy that you're doing this, and 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 and, and I I look forward to seeing uh, where this goes in the coming years because I think you've done right. Um, uh, things like new science can really uh, shake up the current uh, academic system uh, for the better. I, I was just going to say that if you are, if you listen through this three hour long, almost three hour long interview and uh, enjoyed my thoughts and you do biology or anything related to biology, feel free to reach out and I'd love to talk to you. And uh, yeah, and, and hear your thoughts about new science and academia, and uh, about whatever else uh, is interesting going on in biology. 
and you were thinking about? Well, um, it's been a great pleasure having you on. Um, thanks for uh, coming on to the show. And uh, I will uh, talk to you later.